It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Why haven't you learned anything? School districts across the U.S. have been struggling for years with a shortage of school bus drivers. Now, that problem came to a head recently in Louisville, Kentucky. Last week, a combination of bus delays and technical malfunctions forced many schools to close temporarily, angering a lot of parents and stranding some students who were left without a ride home. So why are many school districts struggling to find a few good bus drivers? Molly McGee Hewitt is here to tell us about that. She's a CEO and executive director of the National Association for Pupil Transportation. Molly, this is the time of year where either students are back in school or about to go back to school. Um, Why are so many school districts having a shortage of bus drivers right now? Well, I believe this is an ongoing shortage. So this year isn't unique, although I believe that this year is sort of the perfect storm for this issue to come out. The Louisville issue obviously brought some national attention to the issue, but really this is an issue that's been going on pre-pandemic and before. There are not enough people at this moment interested in being bus drivers, and the position is not bringing to the profession the numbers of people we need. And I believe that's because of a variety of reasons. What's been the reason why it hasn't been able to be at least uh, fixed or maybe addressed in a more efficient way? I believe that school districts across the country have been dealing with this issue and trying to deal with it for several years. I think during the pandemic, we obviously did not need the number of drivers that you normally would have. So we would have been recruiting and hiring during the pandemic had we been having school in the regular way. But that put a three-year hold in most school districts on hiring of bus drivers. Also, most people who were bus drivers originally worked a split shift. They worked a few hours in the morning and a few hours in the afternoon. And they might have had other employment or they might have had home employment, like they might have had a farm or a ranch or something that they did in between times. Today, people are looking for a solid amount of time. That middle break does not work for most people. And also the compensation for this position has really not kept up with the need in the marketplace. Now, some school districts say that they've solved this problem. We spoke with the superintendent of Montgomery County Public Schools in Maryland, Monifa McKnight, and she told us her school district uh, raised pay and guaranteed at least 30 hours of work each week for drivers. And that has helped recruit the number of drivers they needed for the school year. Let's hear what she had to say. I think centering their value, their respect in all the ways that you can elevate that in the school system was really important. And quite frankly, everybody had a chance to do that nationally when last year across the nation, we were all struggling with bus drivers. So Molly, what do you think? I mean, are school leaders just simply not paying drivers enough? Well, you know, I think uh, that is a part of the issue. I think that one of the parts is school districts have a finite pot of money that they have. And so they have a lot of calls. And because school districts are made up of people Over Usually in most school districts, over 80% of their budget goes into personnel costs. And so when you look at running a school district and we look at teachers as being the heart of it and others that we're paying, 
Sometimes people look at what I call the support staff or the transportation folks or other parts of what I call the business side of the house, and they look at it as less important or less of a priority. The superintendent that you just quoted, she came up with a marvelous way for her district to do that. They looked at the salary, they looked at trying to improve working conditions, et cetera, and they also made it a priority for their district. And I think sometimes people think school bus drivers and they just go, oh, no big deal. And I have to tell you, it is a big deal because we need to get our kids to school safely and we need to take care of those professionals just like we take care of our classroom professionals. That's Molly McGee-Hewitt, CEO and Executive Director of the National Association for Pupil Transportation. Molly, thanks. Thank you so much. It's okay. See, the code doesn't say nothing against somebody going into business. You know, going into business is just going into business. That's all. Mm. If you can find a business to go into where you can make some money. I mean, you know, there are some black people who are in business. They run in little barbecue stands or something, you know, a chuck wagon. L.A. is known for its fabulous food scene. From Michelin-starred fanciness to world-renowned food trucks, we've got you covered. One food scene that doesn't always get its due is L.A.'s thriving and diverse black restaurant scene. Well, it just so happens there's a restaurant week to remedy that. And with me in the studio to talk about L.A.'s Black Restaurant Week is one of its founders, Warren Luckett. Warren, welcome. Hello, how are you? I am well, and I have a feeling I'm going to be hungry after we finish having this discussion. Well, we say follow your fork to Black Restaurant Weeks, and we're excited it's about to kick off in Los Angeles. Excellent. Now, this is your sixth year of doing Black Restaurant Week in L.A., but it started even before that in other cities, right? Can you talk about how and why you put this together? So Black Restaurant Week started in Houston, Texas in 2016. Mm -hmm. It was our opportunity to really just showcase the diversity of uh, the culinary creativity from the black community. Mm -hmm. And so for two weeks around the country, uh, diners have an opportunity to patronize a myriad of different black restaurants from across the diaspora. We showcase Caribbean restaurants, African restaurants, black American restaurants, and offer specials at all the participants. That's the next question I was going to ask you, because in Standard Restaurant Week, there are often special sort of sampling menus or discounts or something to sort of entice people in. And you're saying this is also happening during Black Restaurant Week. Absolutely. The participating restaurants are, are offering specials. But one thing that uh, differentiates our, our restaurant week from some of the traditional models is that we don't ask for anything from the participants. They're able to keep all of their revenue because we look at them as the true uh, the true stakeholders in, in the campaign. And so we just ask that they offer something fun, something that really showcases their brand or their concept to entice the community to come in and support. You know, one of the differences in your restaurant week and the traditional restaurant week is that you aren't just promoting regular brick and mortar things. Um, who else is in the mix for you? Yeah, so we, we uh, have an open call. We we love to feature uh, food trucks, uh, some of the digital and virtual kitchens that, that have been popping up post-pandemic. Uh, really, anyone that has an opportunity to uh, to deliver the food directly to consumers, we have a platform to really amplify and showcase those businesses. And then, of course, I have to put you on the spot and ask, you know I'm going to ask, which city has better food, L.A. or Atlanta? Uh, easy. I'd say Los Angeles. Uh, I, like, I think what Los Angeles is doing from a health standpoint uh, really kind of carves its own niche out. Uh, the health-conscious community that Los Angeles already is has... Uh, 
has has morphed into even the black community. And so seeing some of the participants offering vegan options, vegetarian options, Los Angeles has high-end uh, black-owned establishments. They have the mom and pops. They have the food truck scene. So when you talk about uh, all those different types of, of food concepts as a collective, I, I have to say Los Angeles takes the cake. And now you have to go home to Atlanta. That's not awkward. Well, fortunately, home is Houston, so you didn't <laughs> ask me about that. <laughs> okay. Um, what restaurants have you hit so far here that are real standouts, places that you really want people to know about? So, uh, of course, some of the, 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 the Star Wars folks like Pips on the Brea, we mm -hmm. had an opportunity to host our, our media mixer there. You've got uh, operators like Darrow's. Uh, you have Hilltop Coffee. Uh, you have Doolin's on, on Crenshaw. Uh, there are just so many different uh, participating restaurants that showcases just how diverse uh, the food here and the food scene in Los Angeles is. And finally, can you tell us, Warren, about any upcoming Restaurant Week events that we should be looking out for here in L.A.? Well, one of the things that we're most proud about is our, our foundation, Feed the Soul Foundation. And so coming out of the pandemic, we wanted to expand uh, our, our imprint within the culinary community. And so where Black Restaurant Weeks acts as a, a marketing campaign, uh, we have Feed the Soul Foundation that really is that business development arm of our business. And so we award uh, $10,000 grants to businesses all over the country, and then we pair them with a consultant of their choice that allows them to come in and uh, do anything from uh, HR improvement. We help design a new website. We'll bring in a, a photographer to provide food photography. And we're really excited to have uh, participants from the Los Angeles area that have gone through that co cohort, like a Sky's Tacos, uh, Miss Barbara, right? And so we're, we're looking forward to opening those applications up again in October. So if any small black or brown business is looking for a $10,000 grant plus six months of business consultation, we'd, we'd love to, to, to support them as well. Well, now I'm hungry. I'm going to have to go to the website and check it out and decide where I'm going today. Warren Luckett, thank you so much for coming by and talking with us. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Only on two, millions of dollars are pouring into infrastructure projects here in Illinois. But CBS2 investigator Megan Hickey is digging into why a lack of female construction and trade workers means women are missing out on the economic benefits. She sat down exclusively with the acting United States Labor Secretary about the plan to fix that. As we know, this seven-and-a-half-mile stretch of the Kennedy is getting a $150 million makeover. And Acting Secretary Julie Su says we'll be seeing more women on this project thanks to a $1.35 million grant. In the wake of the pandemic, it's not just workers who are powering the economic recovery in this country, it's women. I'm the Acting Secretary of Labor. Julie Sue explained to me that the women's labor force participation rate is now at its highest it's been in 75 years. It tells us that women want to work. But while close to half of all workers in the labor force are women, they account for just 4% of all workers in construction occupations. And these projects are getting an influx of cash from the Biden administration. Many young women and others, they just don't know that this opportunity exists, number one, that they can get trained, the, the, the kind of earnings that they can bring in to raise their family. This group of local tradeswomen, some fresh off the night shift, met with Secretary Sue to discuss the challenges they face, which include complaints of sexual harassment, feeling excluded from the boys club, and not getting enough hours. 
The newest tradeswomen building infrastructure grant aims to change that. Chicago Women in Trades are training women for these jobs and women of color, right, black women for these jobs. That's the model for how we build um, an economy in which no one's left out. The Kennedy construction zone was a ghost town this afternoon, likely due to the extreme heat. But Acting Secretary Sue says building pathways to a construction sisterhood on sites like this will help the economy overall. It's about making sure that workers who want to work and get up every day, go to a good job, put wages into their pockets and come home healthy and safe at the end of the day. Now the grant money will promote workforce equity plans on major infrastructure projects like this one and will hopefully be replicated in other parts of the country. Reporting along the Kennedy, Megan Hickey, CBS 2 Investigators. I thought I asked for an African-American to replace Terry. You requested an Afro-American? African-American. Jerry, you know I did. I put it in writing. I didn't see it. You see it? If you don't like her, you send her back. Yeah, you tell her you didn't like her performance because she was white. What? That's not the point. Flipper, she's been here for five minutes. Give her a chance. This sounds dangerously like reverse discrimination to me. Welcome back in. A woman WVTM 13 highlighted as a barrier-breaking woman now finding herself in the middle of a legal battle. So it could have a ripple effect on financial programs geared toward helping women and minorities. WVTM 13's Carla Wade got reaction to the Fearless Fund now in the affirmative action debate. Back in April, I introduced you to Arian Simone, the president and CEO of Fearless Fund, which helps women of color secure funding for their businesses. Well, now her company is the target of a lawsuit claiming its grant programs are racially discriminatory. We invest in high growth, scalable companies that have women of color co-founders. That's the mission of Fearless Fund in a nutshell. And now that mission is being challenged by the conservative nonprofit group, the American Alliance for Equal Rights. They filed suit against Fearless Fund, saying it violates civil rights law, prohibiting racial discrimination in contracts because one of its grant programs is specifically for black women. I think it's just another frivolous attempt to prevent the progress of women. Fearless Fund has a high-profile legal team now, including noted civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump. The legal challenge is spearheaded by the activists behind the Supreme Court cases dismantling race-conscious college admissions across the U.S. Fearless Fund co-founder Ayanna Parsons says the suit won't hinder efforts to support women-led businesses. Activism is in our DNA. We could not sit on the sidelines and watch idly by as black and brown women were under attack. We know that women such as, our, such as ourselves have been overlooked, we've been marginalized, we've been underfunded and unsupported. While it has programs backed by major companies like J.P. Morgan Chase, Fearless Fund is still a small company. Why do you think they pick the Fearless Fund to bring this lawsuit? There are so many other venture capitalists who have similar, you know, objectives. Why them? And the conclusion seems to keep coming back to the fact that he thought they would be the easiest ones to pick off. I'm a daughter of a civil rights attorney <laughs> an entertainment attorney who represented Rosa Parks. I grew up around Coretta Scott King, 
Rosa Parks, Juanita Abernathy, and Betty Chavez. Activism is in our DNA. I'm a daughter of a mother who won the largest discrimination case in the state of Michigan at that time when I was growing up. Activism is in our DNA. I have led protests for, for justice against discrimination in my elementary school as a 10-year-old. <laughs> Activism is in our DNA. We are not scared. We are fearless. Carla Wade, WVTM 13. This summer, conservative legal activists have focused their attention on a new target, corporate programs aimed at diversity, equity, and inclusion. The challenges come as some companies have been shedding DEI jobs already amid a slowing economy. NPR's Andrea Shu has this report. Catalina Coleman's story is a familiar one. Before 2020, she was working in human resources at a tech company as a generalist. Where I was focusing on everything from onboarding to exit. She had been thinking about how to grow the company in a more diverse and equitable way. Then came the murder of George Floyd, and suddenly everything accelerated. I think like most companies, 2020 was a real pivotal point. The racial reckoning that followed unleashed demands for change nationwide. Companies scrambled to respond to the moment. According to the job site Indeed, job postings with DEI in the title nearly doubled from the summer of 2020 to the summer of 2021. But then it started decelerating almost as quickly. That's Janet Stovall, Global Head of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion for the Neuro Leadership Institute, a consulting group. Companies facing economic pressures began to pull back, cutting DEI jobs, including Catalina Coleman's, alongside other HR roles. Over the last year, postings have seen a 40% decline. And this summer, another setback for diversity advocates, the Supreme Court's rejection of race-conscious admissions in higher education. A landmark decision from a bitterly divided Supreme Court. Immediately following that ruling came predictions that corporate policies to diversify workplaces will soon meet the same fate. Now, lawyers, including those at the EEOC, point out corporate diversity programs are not covered by the court's affirmative action ruling. But already, conservative activists are waging a new fight. Tonight, the owners of a local investment firm, Fearless Fund, are speaking out against a racial discrimination lawsuit. The other week, Edward Bloom, the strategist behind the affirmative action case, filed a lawsuit against a venture capital fund, calling into question granted awards to black female entrepreneurs. Former Trump advisor Stephen Miller has also been busy asking the government to investigate hiring practices aimed at increasing minority representation at a long list of companies, including Kellogg, Hershey's and Alaska Airlines. Even before this, diversity, equity and inclusion efforts have come under other criticism, including that they're expensive, performative, even a source of division. Consultant Janet Stovall says under the current climate, she expects some companies will bow out. Those that were not really committed in the first place, it makes sense that you wouldn't want to just jump into something that's going to be more complicated if you don't feel like you have to. But for clients who are in it for the long haul, Stovall is doubling down on advice she's always given. Focus on the rationale. Make the case that having a diversity of backgrounds and experiences is the smart thing to do. Every organization has basically only three goals. Make money, save money, achieve a vision. And if you can tie DEI directly to one of those goals, it gets a little bit harder for even those who want to destroy it to argue that they should. 
For Catalina Coleman, trying to find another DEI job after her layoff was disheartening. Positions she applied for were eliminated midway through the interview process. So now she's putting herself out there as an independent consultant. She's banking on companies wanting to continue the work they started. Consumers, users are still going to want, at the end of the day, diversity to be a key pillar for an organization. No matter what the Supreme Court does, she says, that's not going to change. Andrea Hsu, NPR News. A bar owner in Lakewood is battling to keep her business open after the city suspended the bar's liquor license earlier this summer. Denver 7 photojournalist Richard Butler spoke to the owner of Jumbo's Bar and Grill, and she tells him she's not going down without a fight. Jumbo Sports Bar and Grill on West Colfax in Lakewood. I thought it was going to be a neighborhood bar. Open since 2021, this black-owned bar scores great reviews on Google. And Tanisha Howard knows how much it's beloved by her patrons. They like, oh, I love a bar here in walking distance. I can drink and walk home and I don't have to cut your Uber from downtown. Unfortunately, that love didn't last long when the city of Lakewood abruptly suspended Jumbo's liquor license. They just came one day, June the 1st, said you can't serve no more alcohol as of today. No warning, no citation, nothing. And said you can't sell no more. What was the reasoning? They said that we violate the liquor law. The city of Lakewood provided Denver 7 with documents listing allegations that led to Jumbo's liquor license being suspended. Allegations like undue noise. It has nothing to do with the noise is who's making the noise. Those documents also alleging Jumbo staying open past 2 a.m., over-serving alcohol and underage drinking. Someone anonymously called and said that we will sell to minors. In early June, the Colorado Division of Liquor and Tobacco Enforcement investigated by sending a minor operative to purchase alcohol. Jumbos did not serve them, but at this point, their liquor license was already suspended. The city found the complaint unfounded. I picked through some of the, the reports. I could see what was happening, that they are being unfairly targeted, in my opinion. Lakewood Councilwoman Anita Springsteen has been behind Howard and her business ever since she saw videos of jumbos on social media. Springsteen feels it is a disservice to the community when efforts are made to drive out POC businesses instead of giving them support. This is a systematic process of trying to push these people out. In their report, Lakewood Liquor Licensing Authority stated that, quote, Clearly, this establishment is a magnet for gun violence, and those living nearby are likely to be victimized because the violence happens in the open air right outside the doors and windows of their homes. Destroy my business, actually. You know, it's going to take a lot to bring it back up, but I don't lost so much money. Not being able to sell alcohol in their bar is a major financial hit for the Howard family, but they are determined to remain resilient and will continue to fight for jumbos. I think that uh, I'm going to go and I'm going to get my liquor license back. I, mean, I got to stay positive. In Lakewood, Richard Butler, Denver 7. And Jumbo's next court hearing is August 29th, and that will determine if their liquor license will be reinstated or revoked. The, the first thing we're going to do to, I think, stop racism is stop focusing on racism. Stop focusing on racism. U.S. Department of Justice investigating racism in Kansas City Fire Department. The U.S. Department of Justice is investigating the Kansas City Fire Department over allegations of racial discrimination within the fire department, the star has learned. Three black firefighters say they were interviewed within the last year about racism they have faced within the fire service and their complaints of a hostile work environment. They named others who have been interviewed, as well.
The inquiries began months after The Star published a series of stories in December 2020 detailing systemic racism and sex discrimination within the department. Sherry Honeycutt, a Kansas City spokeswoman, confirmed the investigation and said the city was cooperating fully. Lawyers for Battalion Chief Stephen Seals, 55, who is black, made the first publicly known reference to a DOJ investigation in a lawsuit filed last week in Jackson County Circuit Court. He alleges he was retaliated against for speaking to DOJ investigators, among other things. In the lawsuit, attorneys for the high-ranking firefighter said he was contacted by the Justice Department in January 2022 about its investigation into allegations of race discrimination and the department's hiring and promotional practices. Federal investigators were looking into the work environment and its impact on African-American firefighters, according to the lawsuit. SEAL spoke with the DOJ twice in January 2022, according to his lawsuit. In August, he was interviewed again and told his deputy chief he was participating in the probe. Since he alleged discrimination and spoke with the DOJ, he has experienced additional retaliation by the KCFD, according to the lawsuit. SEALs referred the star to his attorneys at the law firm Ciro Smith Dixon PC. They declined to comment, saying they do not discuss pending litigation. Reached on Wednesday afternoon, Interim Fire Chief Ross Grundison directed the star to the city's legal department, which did not respond to a request for comment. The Justice Department declined to comment. One black firefighter, who requested that his name not be published for fear of retaliation, said he was contacted by a DOJ investigator about eight months ago. He later received an email that contained a Zoom link for a formal interview. The firefighter said he spoke with at least three investigators for about four hours. Their conversation focused on the firefighter's experience with racism in the department, the promotion process and the treatment of other black employees inside the fire service. It's not just one person, but it is a multi-layer system where there are no consequences for bad behavior, he said. They can treat you any kind of way. The firefighter said he is pleased that federal investigators are looking at the fire department. But he remains pessimistic that lasting reforms will occur. I'm glad they're coming in to look but what results they're going to get is yet to be determined, he said. After all is said and done, nobody's going to get fired and nothing is going to change. A former high-ranking firefighter, who is black, also said he was interviewed by DOJ investigators for about four hours several months ago. Another fire department source told the Star that the DOJ last year interviewed an entire recruit class. Separately, the Justice Department last year launched a formal investigation into the Kansas City Police Department's employment practices. That probe came months after a star investigation into racism faced by black officers. The star's year-long investigation of the fire department found a pattern of systemic racism and harassment that had been tolerated by its leaders for decades. For generations, white men dominated the fire service, the newspaper found. Black and women firefighters were ostracized and put in danger, shut out of the most desirable fire stations, and passed over for promotions. The Star also reported that in a city where 30% of residents are black, only 14% of the fire department was. Of the 48 highest-ranking firefighters, only three at the time were black. A KCFD member since 1995, Seals was among those who sued the department, alleging he was repeatedly passed over for promotions in favor of white candidates. In 2021, Kansas City agreed to pay him $250,000. Before that, Seals filed a lawsuit in 2017 saying he was retaliated against for reporting on behalf of a black cadet that a white classmate used a racial slur. That lawsuit was dismissed. In his new lawsuit, Seals alleges he was passed over for a job and retaliated against because he had sued the city previously and spoke out about discrimination when he joined diversity and inclusion task forces created in 2021 by then-Fire Chief Donna Lake. A less qualified and younger employee, who is also black, 
got the shift deputy chief job that SEAL sought, according to his lawsuit. He also claimed one of his current responsibilities, scheduling physical exams for KCFD personnel, was taken away from him. SEALs filed a grievance that was denied months later, in 2023. Since then, he has experienced continuous acts of discrimination, retaliation and discipline, his lawyers say. SEALs is also alleging retaliation in violation of a state employee whistleblower law. An initial hearing in the lawsuit has been set for December. As a result of the STARS investigation, the city commissioned two studies. One conducted by the law firm Brian Cave Layton Paisner, which cost the city up to $300,000, has never been released. When it was completed last October, city manager Brian Platt said the full report was a closed record and would not be made public because those interviewed had been promised anonymity. But we are going to try to summarize and sanitize something for public consumption in the coming weeks, he said in an October 19 email to the Star. That sanitized version was never released to the news media or the civil rights leaders who requested it. Gwen Grant, president and CEO of the Urban League of Greater Kansas City, said Wednesday the ongoing race and gender discrimination at the fire department warrants DOJ attention. I hope they extend their investigation to include all city operations, she said. Numerous lawsuits and out-of-court settlements indicate that we have a far-reaching problem that will continue as long as Mayor Quinton, Lucas and Platt are in charge. Federal oversight is our only opportunity for redress. In February, a city council committee heard public testimony from a consultant who was hired to study the department's culture. That 163-page cultural assessment described a fire department rife with discriminatory behavior and practices in hiring and promotions due to a power imbalance between management and the firefighters' unions. According to that report, many male and female KCFD members who were white and black, indigenous, people of color, BIPOC, shed tears and or were visibly distraught in discussion groups and interviews as they relayed accounts of people who had been ostracized and ridiculed for not supporting union or dominant group positions, or who had tried to talk about what they perceived as many instances of unsafe practices or harassment related to race or gender. This story was originally published August 23, 6.10 p.m. Context of white supremacy had a slight delay For the live listeners, just making sure we were connected for the folks listening via TuneIn, all the rest. Uh, If you're listening at TuneIn, you can refresh the app or your browser. Should be rolling. Context of white supremacy. Gus T. Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information for non-white people, victims of racism, white supremacy it says that in the description have to be explicit about that had uh, allegedly a non-white person uh, consume a lot of my time and energy uh, start out by saying that one they are not about replacing white supremacy with justice and that they are about getting individuals classified as white to so-called sympathize with victims of racism, whatever that means. Victims guaranteed qualified, but it is written explicitly and has been for years. This program is intended for non-white people. I'll make sure I say that at the beginning of the program. Moving forward. Intended for non-white people. Individuals classified as white do not need to listen to any of my content to produce justice or better understand racism. That is 
folly, deception of the highest order. But we certainly do not need non-white people sharing our content with suspected racists. I mean, come on. Anyway, our weekly summit, Neutralizing Workplace Racism. Not for spectators. If you have figured out how not to be passed over for promotions when you are qualified, competent, experienced, they don't look over you, just find any old Negro to give the job to or some unqualified white person. You get all of your raises all of your promotions they don't come and retaliate after you because you decided you wanted to join the diversity inclusion equity committee they don't come mess you over renege on your vacation days they don't do that sort of thing to you if you have found yourself in that position you put in your vacation days I already know we have a family get together every Labor Day weekend put my time off in May they don't come to you beginning of this week oh man gotta get those vacation days back man all hands on deck going into the autumn they don't do that they don't nag you during the Labor Day holiday either see you when you get back have a great time best switches we'll hold down the fort you have found yourself in that enviable position with regards to the workplace on this year plantation let us know how did you do this give us some tips so that we can as best we can follow exactly what you did to get those sort of workplace comforts the number 605 313 5164 the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate number again six oh five three one three five one six four the code five six four nine four three pound Press star six one if you would like to participate. The email until justice at gmail dot com. Until justice at gmail dot com. Not for spectators. Okay, get through some of the reports. We heard at the beginning could have been many more, but, you know, go with what we what we had. Number one, uh, we started off, man, on the sly, that first report really could be another illustration of white people do not care about children. And I mean, I had a rack. That's one right there. It could have been like two, three, four different audio reports just about the bus driver shortages and that's when I was like oh yeah they're absolutely correct that's been a problem for years you can break out your thesaurus that's when you say that problem has been exacerbated by the pandemic yes yes it has indeed and 
that's one where I suspect you have a lot of non-white people who get that sort of no count, no promotion, no growth, no future job where they with everything they said, everything that they said in the second, like, hmm, we don't really want to pay and we don't really even think of this is like stat. This is like, you know, some old niggardly, you know, support position. We don't really want to pay them anyway. You have bad hours and all the rest of it. And then you got that. You got to come in early, right, to get them to school. And you get a little bit of time off to go sit in your van and eat a peanut butter sandwich or whatever. And then, bang, you got to get right back at it. And, you know, you might have activities and all that stuff. It could go really late into the evening, you know, like and that's five days a week sometimes weekend and recreational activities and and we got folks here who are educators and support staff as they say we got bus drivers here remember we had some of the victims privileged black male call in and said one of the little white tykes said hey man i will report your black ass like what 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 is from the mouths of babes so yeah I, I could see and then you pile the the rona on top of that and you got all these vaccine mandates and they talk about the boosters and everything oh yeah i could totally see why yes we're gonna have a problem with drivers did you hear that they said there were some places they had to cancel school or close early because they didn't have enough drivers yep some of the drivers went on strike yep some of the children got stranded yep i suspect with children being left someplace for hours i would suspect non-white children disproportionately would have been impacted by that sort of thing but again white people do not care about children Now, when they started talking about what to do and offering more money and more value for the people who work in this position and better hours, more reliable schedule and those sort of things, I thought they were going to say autonomous buses. Now, I know that's pricey and they said the budgeting concerns, but hey, then we don't have to worry about that at all. Then it just becomes maintenance and safety. But I could easily see that in the not too distant future, it would just be a matter of when does this become economically viable to do. And then we can do away because we don't really forget the bus driver. (laughs) Driver or yes, autonomous vehicles. I mean, you put that on you. They already got the driverless taxes. So in my view, if I, let's see, you can test me. So Gus T thinks well in advance of 2035 autonomous buses, that position will be eroded. I can't put a date. It'll be well in advance of 2035. I think you're going to start to see that on a, wide scale autonomous school buses specifically because I think they already got the in town for school specifically on the clock 12 years let's see the the food trucks in LA we just heard about the food trucks in Atlanta they had black food we or not food trucks but it was black 
Black Restaurant Week in Atlanta, and they have two weeks, and now they have Black Restaurant Week in Los Angeles. Victims guaranteed qualified. They can do what they do. I did chuckle a little bit because I remember, and I spoke about it, for Black Restaurant Week in Atlanta, they had lots and lots of chicken and waffles. And I talked about how that's not the healthiest thing. I did not see, nor did we hear anything about chicken and waffles for Black Restaurant Week in Los Angeles. That is one thumbs up. Now, I haven't been to either, so I don't know. They might be equally amazing, but I, at minimum, did appreciate them talking about having healthier things to eat and not just the fried chicken and waffles and all the rest of it to actually mention plant-based options and fresh fruits and vegetables, which I'm sure they had in Atlanta. I lived in Atlanta. I know they had lots of uh, vegan restaurants, black-owned vegan restaurant and the rest. Uh, so I'm sure they had that. But that just was not prominently featured. They had chicken and waffles, and none of it looked like vegan chicken and waffles. Anyway, uh, Black Restaurant, if we had any folks get to go out and participate, awesome. Um, I don't know. They said they had the high upscale and all the rest of it and the food trucks. I did see quite a bit of that where different food trucks and things opened up during the pandemic. For some people, that was a way of trying to stay viable. If they had the brick and mortar store and then that was closed, you couldn't have customers dine in. They were doing food trucks and that sort of thing. And or people started up food trucks maybe they were driving a school bus before to forget that open a food truck and you know have been able to do their thing in the meantime but if you go out and hang out do any of that let us know i know we have listeners down in uh southern california support especially if they're doing healthy foods support black businesses right on uh next uh we heard the say all right so we heard two now this is a major pattern I have pointed out for neutralizing workplace racism for years. So we heard two consecutive, one in Illinois, where they got lots of money, over a million dollars to get females into trades. Now, I always look with suspicion because that means it's going to be white women who really come up from something like this to get into the construction business. And even in that segment, the language, they said that, man, women, we have a tough time breaking into the boys club. White boys club. That's what you're talking about. See, they always do that and act like black males just taking over the construction industry. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Come on. They could have they could have set that money aside. Hey, let's do it for everybody. Let's do it for white women and non-white people to get them all into trades and the construction industry. They could have done it that way. Hmm. The segment revisiting. So we heard that, too. The next segment, they were talking about the lawsuit against the uh with a venture capital organization, Arian uh, Samen, uh, Arian Sam, Sam, uh, Simone, that's it, Arian Simone, uh, feel the Fearless Fund, 
uh, and they're setting aside money to invest in black females, non-white female business owners, entrepreneurs. Awesome, spectacular. But the pattern I point out consistently, particularly for labor, when they start talking about programs, they want to help people get jobs or talk about issues of racism in the workplace, consistently black males are deliberately excluded from the conversation. Do you see that? They'll have so many times they will talk about programs and money and this sort of thing. They'll even include white women, but they will exclude black males. They'll just toss them over there like, oh yeah, they're with the white man. They've been taking advantage of us, the old boys, the old boy network, toxic and patriarchal. Really? All right. Anyway, uh, the same people they said that are attacking uh, Arian Simone. These are the same folks they said that have been doing the lawsuits about affirmative action, diversity, and all the rest of that. Um, they will do a lot of things to waste your time and energy. Where you start out, I'm going to do something constructive. Now you got to go and go to court and all this other nonsense where they're saying, oh, it's reverse racism and I can't believe you all are doing. Uh uh-uh. uh. White people do lots to waste time, deliberately waste our time and energy. Uh, Let's see. Next, we heard Tamisha Howard, black female, black female entrepreneur uh, in Colorado, Denver, our little buddies. Uh, So she's in Lakewood specifically. She owns the bar Jumbo's. I have heard about this so many times for years and years and years. I've heard non-white people, victims of racism, say, you all are wasting time. And sometimes it'll be you specifically, Gus T., worthless Negro from Virginia. You are wasting time. All this hubbub and talking about what to do in the workplace, that's your problem right there. Wasting time working for whitey we need to go in business that way you can employ your black brothers your black sisters your black cousins at least your own black behind then you have your own schedule you don't have to worry about how you're being mistreated on the job how many hours you get if they're going to steal your wages do they disrupt your vacation you don't have to worry about all that you go into business for yourself that's what i say about you clown negroes i've heard that for years even from some cows listeners the retort for years has been one victims guaranteed qualified two that report that we just heard because I've heard that over and over and over and over and over for black bar owners specifically and I know like put my hand black give me five black hand side I know black entrepreneurs who've done that and they ran into the exact same matter of fact I can give you story time lord lord next time someone says this they put their finger in your face and we need to open up business and, 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 and. my story with this one black privileged black male hope to open a what do they call liquor establishment or an establishment where you're going to need a liquor license we can get fast forward on things 
So he thinks he's going to open up his, you know, whatever, saloon, tavern. And he went in. White woman, of course. They didn't have a privileged black male, powerful black female there waiting with all the keys and licenses and that, that, that. White woman, he says, oh, okay, so, you know, paperwork, what do you need to do? Okay, boom, 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 she tells him, okay, do this, fill out this, boom, 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 fill out this, okay, boom, 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 fill out this, and then bring in $500. Okay, goes out, get everything together, boom, 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 get my plan together, okay, boom, 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 going in, okay, got, got it, all right, go in. All righty, here's my $500, got all my paperwork in check, boom, 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 here we go, ready to get my liquor license, get things open. Same white woman says, Oh, okay. Paperwork looks in order. Boom, boom, boom. Leroy Jackson. Okay. 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 And five, wait, uh, 500. Uh, no, Leroy. It's not $500. It's $5,000. I don't know what's wrong with you coons, but you all don't listen very well. It's $5,000. Literally had that happen where they walk out stunned like, what? I can't. I wrote. You said it was five. <laughs> like what? I mean, that's a big zero to miss. Wink, wink. Anyway, so that's my personal, like Washington State. I've seen this with my own peepers. How this can happen when you are a Negro entrepreneur and you still have to depend on white people. They have to give you permission to run your business. Now, I've seen this one many times. They had a case in Texas, Negro saloon owner. I think this was a privileged black male. Racist, the same T word, they targeted him. What would they do? They would come and dump trash and broken glass all over just any old random debris they would come and dump it in front of his establishment and then they would do the same thing call the police oh my god the negro hooliganism they were shooting and fighting and they had razors and crack cocaine and i think flavor Flav was there oj simpson dropped a glove and oh it's terrorist they would do the same thing and in fact in this case they had video they caught the white people coming and just breaking glass and uh, exactly what we heard in that report from Denver Lakewood specifically jeopardize your liquor license you get all those complaints where they say oh man we got all this noise and try what an annoying what they would say they said this is a magnet for gun violence what Reb and vodka are a magnet for gun violence but what what? Lots of ways. I, sorry to report again because there's so many examples just like that. I'm just talking about a saloon specifically, someplace where you got to have where those that liquor license is enormous. You don't get that for some people. We're not coming in to eat if I can't get three or four beers. We're going someplace else. Go to Hooters or wherever else many businesses that is a wrap you lose that liquor license we are done cooking literally and figuratively and especially I would think there because they would probably be dependent on uh, a lot of white people uh, to come in and, and get their drink on watch you know 
the Denver Nuggets win the championship and all the rest of it. Russell Wilson, the Prongla do all that. Watch some, some football and all and drink a few brews unless you don't have that liquor license. So I don't know. We have to follow and see how all of that goes. But I mean, that is so bad. You got city council members who can look at the evidence and conclude eh, white supremacy, racism against the black entrepreneur. That is very, very common. You do not escape the mistreatment just by being owner, CEO. Still on the plantation. Uh, Let's see. And then we heard about the Kansas City Fire Department. We've heard so many reports about Kansas City over the past year or so. The serial killer and both Kansas City's really same thing. Roger Golubsky and uh, missing black females and racism on the police department it just goes on and Ralph Yarrow just goes on and on and other finding black females and barrels uh, out there uh, the fire department specifically not that I'm surprised because that seems so standard routine uh, that all kinds of treachery to keep black people males females non-white people in total keep them out of the fire department uh, I one, they said that they spoke to a couple, one or two black firefighters under conditions of anonymity. I don't know how many black firefighters they have on the department, but man, I'm not even sure if I would have did it on the conditions of anonymity because I think they would have still been looking. That was you, wasn't it? Because mm. <laughs> I would. It's not that many of us. Like man, if you know, it's not tons of us. They might just mistreat all of us in the retaliation because, yeah, we know some of you talked and, yeah, I don't know which one of you it was, so we're just going to mistreat all of you. <laughs> like for, man. Uh, and even the retaliation that we that we heard. They said Mr. Seals, he made the report that racism was being practiced on the fire department they're not getting promoted and all the rest of it very very common uh, I says so he's looking to get this uh, promotion and they give it to a younger less experienced black male and I said now see that Mr. Fuller's concept racial showcasing we don't want to give it to that nigger and we are practicing white supremacy racism but you will have a more difficult time proving as well. What, 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 what do you mean racism? No, we didn't give it to Leroy. Leroy is kind of a coon. He's been late 15 times. He's had 20 reports of white women who said that he leered at them. We didn't give it to Leroy and we, we justified. And we're not racist because we gave it to Jamal. Refinement. That's, that's Sue Klebo Slick slick and might even be able to get that black male the younger fellow who got the position might even be able to get him to testify what do you mean races look at us at the chiefs celebration look at that we got replica super bowl rings and everything look at us we got barbecue look at that you mean races victims guaranteed qualify and i would do the same thing if this is meritocracy, is this what is supposed to happen? 
the less qualified, less experienced person, are they supposed to get the promotion? Or is the experienced, qualified, competent person supposed to get the promotion? Very simple, but let's, the, I feel like you can play a report about the fire department every week. Uh, because it is so common it like I, we talked about this before retired firefighter as well they have benefits and what have you with that job uh, you know you're going to get your pension and all the rest of it and that's one of those jobs where, oh, the esteem that's like you know the police department the police department where you get to to come out anywhere they come out uh, for the opening game for the Miami Dolphins, opening game for the Seattle Seahawks, the New York Yankees, oh, the fire department, woo, yeah. going to do the opening pitch and all that stuff. They're anywhere in the world, like, oh, the respect and all the rest of it. Cushy job, yeah, <laughs> give that to Negras. It's reserved for white people. Generally, where it had been for white males, but for sure for white males, females, not Negras. Any hoodles. Uh, let's see. All of that we did here at the beginning, uh, I probably, or not probably, I was seriously thinking about including uh, Lucy Letby, but we'll hear that tomorrow. But I for sure, it was right there, and I had the audio because Lucy Letby is a white woman in the UK. She was convicted uh, for killing a number of children. They don't even know how many children she may have killed. They're going back and reviewing the record and all the rest of it. Anyway, they did her uh, sentencing this week in the. UK and they had a non-white male uh, medical doctor, uh, Dr. Ravi uh, Jayaram. Hope I'm saying his name correctly. Dr. Uh, Jayaram, non-white male. Looks like he would be a non-white, non-black male, uh, but definitely non-white. And he testified that he had reported this white woman before they worked together. Same hospital, same unit, all that. He had reported her before for suspicious activity they didn't go investigate her and say hmm let's make sure nothing nefarious is going on and everything's on the up they didn't do that they made privileged non-white male Dr. Jayaram they made him zip it and apologize I was stunned I guess I shouldn't have been stunned, but I mean, wow, not just shut up. You know what you're talking about. You apologize right now. Besmirching her care. Aren't you shame? Talking bad, saying this white woman is killing children. You know why you even loud, you colored folks in the cut. <laughs> you got to come back. Now they, now he's saying we should just have full investigation. And I agree. Woo. But that right there workplace racism now what do you do you have a white colleague who is do hopefully it's not this sort of situation where it's dang my co-worker is a serial killer hmm. what do I do but I mean what do you do the white person is doing incorrect things I try to report it and they tell me to shut up what do you do number one it would be document for and I mean ferociously Document now, depending on you know how dangerous the situation is, we might have to dip. 
If I think this is something where I'm going to die, somebody else might die. I might have to go to court and testify about why somebody died when I've been, you know, trying to call attention to the incorrectness of this. Like that is serious. And I suspect that is probably widespread. Document ferociously pictures. And I mean, it would be all kinds of electronic documentation, verify we have any sort of verbal conversation same thing we've talked about before you send an email to follow up per our conversation Friday August 25 I informed you I thought Miss Ledby looked suspicious she had drugs in her hand no need right after the child passed away and your response was shut up is this correct and they write back yes shut up document record pictures everything because what I say safety this would fall in there isn't that the s word I talk about all the time they killing children that can't be safe right safety I've said that for, <laughs> yes for years now the plantation is inherently unsafe the workplace is going to be an extension of that so man you have to be really heads up about saying anything in with regards to protocols because that seems like what this was that he was reporting protocols things not looking like they were being done in a correct manner let's investigate shut up coon document the apology too they told me i had to shut up and apologize document document number again 605-313-5164 the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate the email until justice at gmail dot com until justice at gmail dot com We'll do one email. I missed one, at least one email from last week. We'll do one email and then get to uh, folks who dialed in. Uh, email that I missed from last week. Thank you all for your patience. Okay. Black male victim of white supremacy writes in. Refinement and metaphors in the workplace. Optional training was provided for employees and their offspring, and many metaphors were used when identifying and addressing anxiety and extreme stress in offspring. Hmm, Suklebo could have used that. I suspect that this training was directed toward white employees for refinement purposes. I did not see how this was made available to the mainly non-white employees who actually provide the labor that funds the business and experience extreme stress, as do their offspring. The employee benefit that decrees that decreases instead of increases employee take-home pay has had low participation. Surprise, surprise. I suspect it was designed for the benefit of the top paid white employees. How are underpaid staff supposed to afford yet another deduction when basic necessities are costing more each month? I have been lax in my awareness of company news due to overload of work. They will do that to the uh, Negroes. Uh, they will just pile on and pile on and pile and then complain like, oh, aren't you lazy? Aren't you shiftless? 
taking so long to get that done. They will just overload you to death. Um, I attempt to spend a few minutes looking at the company announcements now and have reduced the amount of unpaid time I spend preparing for work by doing it on the clock. Oh, I love that one. I then stored the equipment after I clock out so I can use my desk for other constructive activities. I've been doing some side research a few days a week related to Dr. Welsing's theory. It has helped me not be shocked, upset, or angry when dealing with racist mistreatment, especially for work. When one understands behavior and its origins, one can direct time and energy from pure emotional reaction and confusion toward codified countermeasures. A white male volunteered some information that I did not request, and while it was professional, it was outside the scope of work during work hours on my personal device, cell phone. Hmm. Hmm. I did not respond. I was busy doing my assigned task, something he should have done, but did not. When when I asked him later why he shared information not pertinent to work, he said he thought I might like to know. But when I said, interesting, and asked him to help solve a work-related issue, he gave a subpar response that did not help at all. He hasn't contacted me since. To be expected. Now see that, that wasting time and energy. When it's time to talk about our assignments, that big project that we got to get finished before the end of September, ah, ah, that's really, that's outside my area of expertise. I don't, you know. Hey, did you see they got a new cotton candy machine? I'll send you all the specs for it, how much it costs and all the rest. I mean, wow. It can do two, three flavors at the same time. It is amazing. Why do I need the specs for the cotton candy? Like, that sort of thing is what did I say? Wasting time and energy. Especially, I can play on your phone for a little while and send you all kinds of goofy messages and things. Wasting. They love it. They love it. Uh, he continues. Suggestion. Uh, Mr. Fuller stated in the code book to limit material possessions. I'm doing this and preparing to either quit or be fired. I suspect my manager's superior has been doing some unjust networking that led to the reduction in staff. Racists want non-white people to work for free. I have taken countermeasures. Very appropriate. Talk about that all the time, not allowing the spending to get real out of control and developing a lot of uh, lavish habits and such, uh, eating a lot, eating out a lot, going to a lot of those high-end uh, restaurants and what have you, when you could be cooking at home, saving Lots of money, not doing all that DoorDash and Uber Eats and, and spin, 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 consume, consume. Really try and cut that down. Really be super frugal. Save, save, save. Encourage that uh, amongst other non-white people. That's one of the big ways that we can help uh, work against racism, white supremacy. If nothing else, I think uh, COVID, right, would have shown like you never really can know what to expect. So try to be uh prepare we are under wartime conditions i think once you have that talking about having the correct way of thinking we are under wartime conditions i thought speech actions 
and use of time and energy should reflect war is being waged against us can't be frivolous how we use resources time energy being maybe the two most important resources that anybody has anyway number again 605-313-5164 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate the email until justice at gmail.com uh, let's see if folks had uh, any, anybody impacted I know we have parents anybody impacted by the uh, bus driver shortage I guess from the staff end or the couldn't get your offspring to school end um, you can I sh- I, my pol- I don't have children I'm sorry that is not anything to snicker at my apologies my bad any folks have uh, if you have been impacted by the bus driver shortages that would be grand either way either your, your tykes having difficulty getting to school or if you work at school and you know that this sort of thing uh, is happening and they're having shortages that they're having to work around as the new school year starts off uh, let us know start six one uh, first couple of folks with uh, hand up line should be open let's see can I be heard Bay Area mom yes ma'am thank you for taking my call greetings to you all um bus drivers. Um, so, yeah, this year we had a nice black lady school bus driver for the young man that I, um, I'm i following around. And we got a new driver because she <laughs> she's not available um, to do the job anymore. I'd like to say that um, it's, it's hard. They have those splits. Too, and it's it's not as lucrative, and they don't give the uh, drivers um, enough money to survive. And then after the pandemic, a lot of the drivers found other things to do um, because you had to, there was no children to drive. And then coming back, I guess it depends, right? Because you got them working these splits, they do have a lot of responsibility. You have to make sure, uh, say for instance, if a kid leaves their um, stuff on the bus, a parent will call and say, hey, did you find that stuff Mickey Mouse? Mickey Mouse was missing. He had it before, so you have to go through all this stuff. If you're late, the driver gets a call. So um, I also like to say that um, those children are unruly. Those children, if you have to think about fighting and tussling with a kid on the bus, I wouldn't drive the bus if I have to even think that I'm going to tussle with a kid, a kid spit on me, call me a name. It's not a desirable job. And then in that job, the child is always right. (laughs) So I could understand why they're looking for bus drivers, probably because you had the bus drivers being substitutes after they dropped the kids off. So um, I just thought it was interesting. Um, One more thing. I also I also know that sitting on those buses like that, it, it's not good for your body. It, 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 it's just a lot. Even with regular uh, transportation drivers, that's a lot of uh, a lot of pain on your body um, sitting on that bus like that. 
Um, one more thing I'd like to say. Um, you allowed my son to do school place racism when we were doing workplace racism because he wasn't in school. Um, because he was allowed to do that, he learned how to maneuver or just get around a lot of different um, situations and issues in school. Um, yesterday, he got in the mail uh, a Bachelor's of Music in um, Composition and Electronic Production and Design, and he got the Summa Cum Laude. <laughs> so I'd just like to thank you for allowing him to participate because I don't know what kind of gentleman he would have been without the group that you have participating just throughout all of the years. What was it, 14? All of the years because he was in elementary school participating. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, and thank you. Thank you all. Um, workplace racism for me this week. Week two of school, full week, full week of school, our first week doing all kinds of stuff. So I remember talking about the uh, uh, the teacher, the, the guy that I believe is a homosexual and on the spectrum teaching these kids with uh, their little feelings. Um, we have block schedules and crazy stuff, so sometimes we'll do odd number of classes and then we'll do the even number of classes. And it, it, it's tricky. Um, I do not understand why they put this child that I am following, that I didn't know I was following until a week ago. I don't know why they put this child in this class because his, the teacher moves extremely rapidly and the, uh, too many of the children won't be able to catch up. It's not just him, but too many won't catch up. So... Um, I'm only high and by with the teachers, uh, basically, because I don't like all that, whatever they've got going on. I didn't know I, when I came in the door, they would be envious of the fact that I have a relationship with these children and they listen to me. Yes. People are so power hungry because that's the issue. I have a, a relationship with a lot of their children, even the children that were there a year before, and it's a bother because they come to me. So... um doesn't bother the principal, though. She's fine with it. But she's only, this is only her second year, so she could get, they could push her out. Anyway, the one of the teachers that, the one that told on me, the one that told and said, uh, I had taken a break with another student per me being asked to do this chore, um, I just only say hi and bye to her and, okay, thank you, and I'll just leave it quick so she couldn't take it. So by Tuesday, she wanted to talk. So she just did a whole lot of small talk, and I listened and I talked back. But um, she knows she was wrong, and I guess she thought I was going to – I don't know how she thought I was going to respond, but I'm sure it wasn't the way I did. So I do my stuff. I don't bother anybody. You got all these paras. You don't need me. You do, but you say you don't. So she did an assessment. That's this lady that told him. She did an assessment to find out even her eighth graders don't know how to write their ABCs. Even if you ask your eighth grader, your cool, thugged out, yellow bus eighth grader that had been here with you, he doesn't know his ABC, lady. So once she did that assessment test and found out that half her class can't read or write, 
Now she's looking stupid. Oh, you need some help, huh? Uh. So uh, she's like, oh, I'm just so surprised. I didn't know. I was like, yeah, so I wasn't trying to um, um, get in anyone's way. I was just, I just know the children needed assistance, and I didn't want them getting in trouble, getting in the parking lot, or having a bad grade or just being discouraged about school in general. And I just left. And so <laughs> yesterday, the behavioralist came to sit because she's already feeling some kind of way about me. So she came in to sit and watch me. So she's sitting in the class, her favorite class, the little uh, gay guy. So she's sitting in his class. And I don't know what she thought, but the young man that I'm with, since they told me to step back on this, intervene if it's majorly necessary or if the teacher asks. So <laughs> I have to do a lot of moving stuff around because he's not um, – reading any of the IEPs, he's not doing anything according to, he doesn't even care. It's either you, you you catch up or you don't. You either keep up with me or you fail the class. That's his whole attitude. And that's not going to benefit any of the children that can't keep up. In the front. Now, the one that I am following is supposed to sit in the front. That's what his IEP says. But this man doesn't want him in the front, so he has him by the back door. There's another young man that could use sitting in the front because he can't see anywhere his glasses, but he's right in front of the other one at the back door. Those are the two that need the most help, the ones that they got sitting in the back, too. (laughs) Um, Two guys in the front. I know you remember the teacher, uh, the lady that got fired or transferred. Well, she got kicked out of the district. So that was one of her students. He's in the front. And it's another young man, I don't know where he comes from, but he's in the front. So this one little boy, he gets put on the board for doing anything. I don't care if he sneezes. Hey, sneeze, you're in my class. Put your name on the board. So he puts his name on the board. No, put your name on the board. I don't know what to do. Put your name on the board and I don't argue. Little boy, you're so mean. So he went put a check mark on his name. And he circled his name. So now he's a behavioralist came in. So she's watching. So I just look at her and say hi. And I just keep on, you know, doing what I'm doing. So now the little boy, he did something. And he's like, please, don't, don't, please, don't give me a check mark, please. So uh, uh, then another young man, the one from the lady that got fires class, uh, she, uh, he said something about putting his name on the board. You're not going to put my name on the board. Little Asian guy. And so he's looking. And he's like, oh, they put his name on the board. And then he did something, gave him a check mark. And he said, Don't give me a check mark. And so he, the little boy said, he, gave, he went over there and gave him a check mark. Anyway, he said, You're going to jail. You're going to jail. So the man got mad. And he, he, he went and circled his name. You're saying after lunch. So the little boy started crying. I'm not saying that So now the lady, the behavioralist, is sitting back there looking crazy. As the other kids, the seat, the older, maybe the eighth grader kid walking around cussing, B H F D, all just all these cuss words, and now the lady's just looking. And so, but I can't do anything. I'm just gonna step back because they got it under control. So now the um, teacher loses it. So he gets his hand, he bams on the desk, bam! Shut up! Stop! <laughs> Crying and he cries, so now everybody's crying. The two boys are crying, 
he's feeling crazy. He about to kill himself, but he didn't. So now class, now thank goodness, like two minutes later, lunch is time for us, you know, us to go to lunch. So sixth graders, we, we're out of here. Me. See you later, lady. So we just leave out there. So before we leave, she asked me, who was that that was crying? What? Who was crying? I said, that was so-and-so. Oh, I thought it was the other so-and-so. He was crying at first, right? Yeah, that was the first one. But the one that you just asked me about is this one. Two different kids, lady. Two different times. Okay, okay. So she's putting it in her notes. So apparently, all the Zoom meeting yesterday afternoon, the evening, about this psycho man, he probably called the meeting for a help, like a help, like a reach out, because he did it in front of me, of course, because you never know what I'll do. And the behavioralist, and you really don't know what she's recording, and you got to cover your, uh, cover your tracks, trail, self. So I think that's where the meeting came in. It was a Zoom meeting because one of the teachers mentioned today, the new teacher had said, yeah, we had a Zoom meeting. <laughs> and I said, as long as you're ridiculing the children and putting them on the uh, in the parking lot, you're going to continue to have this kind of outcome. So because I made a statement, too, about um, she asked me this week, what can she do to keep the children, children in line because she feels she was asking the kids too, but she had asked me in front of the kids, what should I do? What do you think I should do? Because when you ask the kids and the pair, put their name on the board, create the parking lot. So the children are accustomed to this um, being blasted out to that magnitude. You? They, they're accustomed to be violated and put on the spot. Um, so everybody can see you. The lights on you, you're bad, like a dunce seat. So they're accustomed to that. So that's what the kids were saying. Oh, you need to do this. You need to you put the name on the board, then they're going to get mad. And then they're just going to get tired of getting mad about you putting their name on the board, and they might stop. They might not. You got to see. So um, I just told her, I said, well, you lost your respect when that man came in and um, checked you about, uh, just came in and just took your student out of the classroom and just put you back to teaching and walked out the door to your student. And she said, well, but they don't know that I uh, told the principal. I was like, well, we don't know that either. Because when he left, your respect went with it. So I don't know what to say. But and then she said, so if I start putting the names on the board? I was like, well, I don't know. But I wouldn't want my name on the board because it just it just seems awful. It just seems like you're... Um, telling everybody that I'm in trouble and everybody notices that I'm the troublemaker all the time and it just makes me feel sad because you're not trying to work with me. You're just always putting me on time out and it's humiliating and embarrassing. So um, that's what happened yesterday and that was the outcome. And I knew that little boy from that ladies' class that got fired because I know him. And I could work with him. I worked with him today, but that was only because they called that meeting. But I knew he was going to respond negatively to that parking lot the first day of school. I said, oh, the one that's going to pop is that one because he doesn't understand that. And he, he's the one that said he was going to jail. He was so mad. So as we were on the program, I'm reading an email from 8 o'clock this morning because I don't have time to check emails and such about this lady, the behavioralist that was watching because she's feeling some kind of way about her 
gay friend blasting out like that in front of everybody. She's trying to fix him, too, and then now she's bothering me. So she's like, so um, I noticed that you don't take a lunch. Oh, I heard you don't take a lunch. How'd you hear I don't take a lunch? Well, I heard you don't take a lunch. I also signed a waiver to not take a lunch because it doesn't. I can just work his school schedule and go, I don't have to take a lunch. So that's how I have it. I find this thing, no lunch, 30 hours straight. He's only in school 30 hours and five minutes here and there, give or take, and it doesn't matter. I could take a five-minute break. It's not a big deal, not a big deal. But now she just keeps emailing me and bugging me about this little time because I'm not taking a break. So are you leaving 30 minutes earlier? I work his schedule. I had it all planned out to work this boy's schedule. So now she's like, well, I might need some more coverage. Well, if you had some more coverage, you could have had more coverage, and then I wouldn't have to be following this one kid. I could do more work like I thought I was going to do when I agreed to t- come to this middle school. My assignment changed come Tuesday. I became a one-on-one. It, it wasn't what I said I was going to do, but I don't mind helping this little boy because I I like this little boy, and I do want to help him um succeed. Um, after that blowout, the guy is a little more lenient and just a little bit more that mother. I think that he, I don't know, that did something, that blowout. So I'm going to, but now I'm being bothered about my lunch that I don't even have to take. Um, I just want to make sure he's covered. He's covered. You don't want to just make sure he's covered. You know, he's covered. You know, he's covered. You just want to mess with me because of that cycle man. And everything that they're doing, pushing me back, is actually hurting them. It's not affecting me. It's hurting them. Good luck. I, even the kid that they she told me not to walk with, as she was talking to me during their lunch, the kid just walked up to me, walked right past her, walked up to me. And I said, well, let me finish talking to this lady. He's just looking like to get her. But he doesn't like her either. I said, let me finish talking to her. I'll talk to you later. And then so he just walked away. So they don't like that. Because he would never come up to any other adult and say anything to them. They are Seth the custodian. So thank you for taking my call, and I'll mute my uh, I'll mute myself. Wow, that is that is about the worst indictment of a school you could make. I guess short of uh, old Reb and vodka blowing up the school, um, to say that. The only people I feel comfortable going up to say what's up, share a word with amongst the people who work at the school are the custodial staff and one of the support staff. Wow. White people do not care about children. And again, all of this should be thought about certainly we can all reflect on our own academic experience but all of this should be investigated and thought about before hopping in bed we've talked about this in detail we don't want to have children so we don't contribute to this or and we planned that out so that we don't do this and have any of those whoops joke is going to be on junior or we planned this out deliberately we wanted a daughter and we put the plan together to have a daughter in the most constructive manner possible under conditions of white supremacy racism 
Not just, you know, eh, hope for the best, you know. Uh, let's see. The now, did you hear that? Person who needs the most help gets the most help. Did you hear that? And what we just heard, we're talking about folks, some of them special needs, all the rest of it. Heard that again, these uh, reading scores and what have you. People that don't know their alphabet can't read. Man, they do have a, such a thing with regards to language specifically called the critical period. Meaning that for certain skills, especially around language, if you have not developed these skills by a set point, you're not going to pick them up or you might have some uh, robust deficiencies in this area. Now, maybe that's true. Maybe it's been disproven. But I know that is something that is discussed quite a bit. So-called critical period with language. And then they talked about, we talked about the dropping test scores. I know Z's mom said, hey, Z is down to come back and kind of revisit or give us an update for what the experience has been like for non-white children during the COVID-19 situation and even going back now, supposedly all over with, if we have other non-white children, if you know non-white children, they want to give an update, come on. I said we should pick a time like in September, give the young folks kind of a few days of being into the new school year so they can kind of see how that's going and report on that as well but I think sometime September we should share pick a day uh, folks know nieces, cousins you have children yourself and they would like to share what the past three plus years of COVID-19 has been like and then the school situation the test scores what in the world is going on let us know and we'll do it up in September uh, a few weeks we'll get a date and time coordinated but man with the person who needs the most help they put you in the back of the classroom are you talking what what get back dang like we need the most help you gotta throw toss us in the back I mean just all of that you got to do the humiliation and shaming and banish you to the parking lot again I thought they're having hurricanes in one part of California and then they had the heat waves in the other part like what why are we being banished outside like what oh that's the pipeline yes 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 mm. uh, all of that they put your name on the board and then we got to put checks and all this around it and missing out on privileges like the public shaming and humiliation of all of this and then the teacher you're not even composed these are children these are children who need the most help you you don't just lose your composure you have an adult observer present and you can't even maintain your like what kind of lunatic is this in the classroom I mean you can't even fake it for five minutes like we when she leaves you are gonna get it Ooh. now now boys and girls when she leaves <laughs> he couldn't even do that wow I mean just wow wow and then she can't the observer can't distinguish between the different 
non-white children all look the same? Man, man. When you play around with sex, the joke is on the offspring. That is, I mean, wow, that's so, and that, in addition to all of the vindictiveness, the school year just started. It hasn't even started in some places yet. That's why I said we should wait until September. But it just started for some people. We haven't even hit Labor Day yet. They were talking, she was telling us last week, they were like, weren't you skipping last year? We know about you. Cutting class. We know all about that. Like, dang, I'm 10. <laughs> what are you talking about? Cutting class? What are you talking about? I don't even know what that is. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, come on. And school just started. What do you mean cutting class? We want vacation. All of that. And then the vindictiveness on top of it. You have grown white people, educators walking around with an attitude because hmm, students like that nigger woman better than me. Are you serious? If anything, that should be right on. We can use that to our advantage. If she can get them to behave or get them motivated or maybe she can be our little nigra whisperer. You know, she knows a few tips to help junior learn all of his algebra and hey we get all the these deficiencies with the alphabet we catch him up on all that because she knows all the tricks and you know if you do it this way and say it just this way and you know old Leroy is real responsive if you do it this way nah, 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 nah. they come up and see her and speak to her and light up in the hallway like it's so mad <laughs> what in the world what in the world not even Hey, I'm going to swallow my professional pride. Maybe this old here nigger woman, maybe she can give me a few tips how I can better relate to some of the students. Because, I mean, they do that some places. They could give, even give her an old honorarium, basket of fruit, half-eaten bag of peanut M&Ms, something, right? Extra vacation day. Maybe you could take 30 minutes once a month, put a course together. You know, how can we better relate to Jamal, Keisha? Ah, ah. <laughs> All righty, uh, and 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 the vindictiveness. See, Lauren told us repeatedly she wasn't breaking the rules. She wasn't coming in late. She wasn't snorting crack in the bathroom. She legally, in accordance with policy and procedure use the company's four-day work week policy I don't work on Fridays not because I'm shiftless and lazy but that's company policy I work my four ten-hour days I'm off Friday white woman is furious no count nigga woman how dare she not work on Friday I sit around all day on Friday what can I do to get this nigga woman back to work can't believe she's sitting at home on a Friday we sit around and we're going to have an assignment and it's due Friday. We have an email and the reply is due Friday. Everything now is due Friday. I send out assignments on Thursday afternoon. Due Friday. Like, I'm going to do as much as I can to make this nigga woman work on Friday. The same thing with Bay Area. I'm like, what? Bay Area mom. She looks at She's the white woman. Looked at it and said, what? What? This nigga woman? What do you mean you don't take lunch? Wait a minute. You don't take, you sure? Are you sneaking out of here early? Are you sure? 
You going off to somewhere and steal and eat your chitlins and then lie about it. I see you. I'm going to watch you. You you still didn't take lunch? Is that what you... I'm sure I could be in error. Bay Area mom is not the only employee in the school system who's not taking a lunch. I could be totally wrong about this, but given the value of time and energy and people having children and lives of their own, I'm going to wager there's probably one or two other employees who I'm going to skip the old cafeteria time. Just get back to work. Chug on through my day. Eat when I get home. You do the same thing with them? Go pester them? You sure? You didn't stop? I saw you with them french fries earlier. You didn't go 20 minutes, get a lot of us, do some old time theft on us. Any of the negras look like they're getting this. It's not getting over. That's the policy. I signed for this. They offer this to all of the employees. They do the same old kind of thing. Work from home policy, vacation policies, four day work week policy, anything where it seems like what? White people. These are perks for white people. What are you? This, <sighs> oh. And then they sit around and figure out how to how we can sabotage it. Get this old nigger woman to admit don't you sneak off any chitlins. You take lunch. You know you do. Get your fried chicken. I seen you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Yes, indeed. She, the plight of the bus drivers. Yes, yes. The rowdy children and being blamed and then everything that they lost. I think one of our listeners, bus driver, he told us what she said when they leave something on the bus backpack and their Pokemon and all the rest of it, the video games and such and then you gotta go find it or I think he even said some money got dropped he said up, 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 go turn that in immediately for them to run, the nigger robbed me the nigger bus driver, he robbed me and he went to snort crack cocaine we got it on the videotape they got the cameras on the bus now, thankfully, so at least they can say, well, no, it looks like he does not have crack cocaine and he did not rob anyone, thankfully. But I mean, really, who wants to have to go through that accusation every other day and be called a Negro or cursed at and all the rowdiness as she might be spit on terrible hours, low pay. Exactly. Robots 2035 autonomous buses. Congratulations to Bay Area Scholar as well. Uh, I do think of school as the workplace. That would be my humble recommendation as someone who is not a parent to talk about uh, the school academic environment, K, all the way through college, really, uh, in the same way as the workplace, because it's pretty much the same. A lot of the same techniques are used and that sort of thing. A lot of the same counter racist techniques uh, can work to neutralize problems for victims. But outstanding i think uh yeah he's brilliant young scholar i'm sure he will go on to do amazing things help us get this problem solved magna cum or she thinks she says sumna cum laude wow impressive uh very impressive uh congratulations from all of the cows listeners to uh his attempted mommy as well years of Hard labor right through the Rona and Raggedy Ann, COVID-19, lots of obstacles uh, for 
black scholars overcame them all bravo uh the number again uh 605 313 5164 the code 564943 pound press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, let's see the email again until justice at gmail.com until justice at gmail.com. Let's see. Uh, last week also, well, not catching up per se, but uh, last week I read the email. We were talking about if you are a non white person and you have your performance review bragging about yourself you put that in quotes and or just uh, talking up your skills accomplishments that sort of thing how do you make sure we are selling ourselves in the workplace Uh, I think this is important because frequently non-white people are ignored they steal our accomplishments intellectual property and that sort of thing totally ignored they practice racism in so many ways that we have to be the ones to sell ourselves make sure we are reminding folks even other non-white people of how we contribute to the company's success uh she wrote back she said uh uh commentary was helpful hopefully so uh that she's going to start writing statements of fact in quotes about my accomplishments and also make a brag journal I think that is great Uh, when other people compliment your work put that in the brag journal I would say any uh, trainings certifications things of that nature put that in the journal you lead a project put that in the journal anything that gets written down anything of that nature put that in the journal absolutely that way you have a nice uh, folder of things that you can go to when it's raise time promotion time review time fire time (laughs) that might be a good one too and even hopefully if people come and compliment you and things of that nature they will write in that way when it uh, hopefully it won't get to this point if it comes to it's time for you to be out of here Leroy you've had enough of your lip Lakeisha they go get the folder and say well dang few people did write in to say that you were pretty good you were you were kind of helpful so mm, we'll give you another month see if you get your act together that type of thing so brag journal and then hopefully people can add to your public brag journal by not just verbalizing things writing about your performance and how you contribute to the team's success she continues I will be implementing them to make myself assessment easier in the future the callers reminded me how the system of racism white supremacy can make non-white people devalue themselves so frequently a man we all need to be reminded of that uh thank you for reading my email many of the listeners provided helpful advice i will be emphasizing my punctuality willingness to learn eagerness to take on new responsibilities and the large amount of training i have taken on love it expect the training and the punctuality I think we've had a few folks who've noted in the workplace many individuals classified as white they value punctuality that means you are reliable 
we can trust you are going to be here on time, ready to work. Not we got to be sitting around and wringing hands. Oh, is Leroy going to Can we text him? Ooh, and, eh. I'm here. You can check the records. I'm here and training. I am learning. I'm becoming a more valuable employee. I can do more things. Train, love it. That is highlight, underline, training, train, and looking for more training. Always looking, learning. Don't be wasting my time telling me about the candy, uh, cotton candy machine, man. Training so I can be a more competent employee. Much obliged. Let's see. Email again until justice at gmail.com. Uh, let's see. Other folks who dialed in, if you have a hand up, line should be open. Let's see. Uh, retired firefighter should be with us. Nab other hands as well. Let's see. Greetings, everyone. Retired uh, firefighter. The buses. Uh, well, down here, um, uh the last that i was uh able to uh see it uh, at least on a weekly basis uh was 2017 and at that time uh the majority uh employees that drove the buses were non-white people who were rich classified as black but i would suspect that that is drastically changed uh, primarily to uh, people who speak Spanish, who would put on their uh, employment uh, forms that they were they are white. Uh, the after-school activities, uh, the majority of the after-school activities, such as sports or you know some sort of field trip or something like that, uh, primarily is. Uh, I would say probably almost exclusively done by uh, private busing. Uh, and that would be uh, also led and owned by white people who speak Spanish. Uh, basically, the buses actually used to be school buses. They even have the same, you know, coloring as well as the stripes that's on the bus different markings uh but you can see where uh it would have uh, uh a name on it and a phone number that you can call to be able to uh hire them uh contractors i believe they're called when they when they are doing business with Dade County Public Schools which is one of the largest school systems in the world actually uh definitely in this part of the world um, the Kansas City uh, situation, I thought that was kind of interesting because I can almost recall Chief Phillips, who was a uh, guest on your program years ago, and he was basically talking about his book, Fighting More Than Fires. And uh, I think somewhere in that book, I read it once. Uh, that he was describing something 
very similar uh, that happened to him uh, that happens at the fire department in, in uh, Kansas City, uh, primarily because of his, uh, I would say, because of his uh, uh, actions and activities into uh, countering racism on Dade County Fire Department. Uh, that would be a uh, a reason, a real good reason on why he would be uh, mistreated in that way uh, by uh, actually hiring over him uh, either less qualified uh, uh, and these were other non-white black males similar to what you were speaking about with Kansas City uh, Fire Department. Matter of fact, it's going to motivate me to read it, reread his book <laughs> again. Uh, last but not least, uh, I uh, just wanted to uh, announce a uh, what the young people call a W with a sibling, a sibling of mine. Uh, she's actually the youngest uh, of five. Uh, she has just been just gotten a promotion. Uh, this is with law law enforcement uh, that handles Dade County Public Schools. Uh, some position called a major. Don't ask me what that is. <laughs> but it's some sort of promotion. Uh, I would say probably a little bit more money would be in her paycheck. <laughs> uh, I would hope so. Uh, but anyway, I just thought I would just uh, announce that also. And uh, that's my report this week. Thank you for listening. Much obliged, retired firefighter in Florida. Two congratulations for the week, Bay Area Scholar. Uh, retired firefighter's uh, sister, hopefully lots of extra zeros uh, on her check as well. Uh, awesome to see. I always encourage non-white people to take all the promotions and you know new jobs and such uh, that become available. Always great. You can learn more. Hopefully, get extra nickels. One, that's the whole, you know, purpose for if you're going to be on the job to begin with. Try to get as many nickels as possible, uh, and then learning about racism, white supremacy as you go. I think uh, the more power, so-called, that you are allowed to have on a job, uh, I think the more blatant it will become. Who is in charge, and what is happening here? Especially if you already have some, you know, grasp of. Oh, yeah, a system of white supremacy racism. Yes, just take the position. You could be fired any moment, and that's the case even if you were janitor. So take the position, take the nickels, save, be frugal like we talked about before, and learn as much as you can. Don't take the job thinking you're going to have it for the next 50 years. Probably not the case, but learn as much as you can. Squirrel away as many nickels as possible. But congratulations to uh, congrats to her. Uh, I, I would even what he said about the bus drivers right there. Uh, same thing reminded me of Bay Area mom when she told us that the uh, individuals who are non-white, they speak Spanish, that they so-called dominate the custodial work in her area of California. I said that that according to counter-racist logic can't be accurate it's got to be individuals classified as white who dominate that area and they allow these non-white people Spanish speakers 
to have this job. They could kick them out of the area or not allow them to have these jobs or both if they wanted to. Same thing he's talking about, it seems, down in South Florida. Might have been the Negros driving the, uh, driving the bus before. Switch that up if we want to. Switch it back if we want to. Have it. I'm sure at one point it was only white people drove the bus. So make it, you know, whatever we want it to be as we are in charge. That's what it'll look like. Uh, I have to check uh, Mr. Phillips' book again to see if he uh, talks about if it's same type of thing where they got a younger person to do it or what have you. But fighting more than fires, yes, back in the archives. Uh, nab a email from one of our listeners really quick, and then we'll nab the other folks who dialed in. Let's see. So this is email number three. Keep track. Uh, now my female victim of white supremacy writes in. I wrote last week about the act of sabotage enacted through the department newsletter. I didn't, I did not write about racism. The wording I used in my update was my poor attempt at satire. The sabotage, however, was very real. I've been intensely victimized this week on the plantation. Sorry to hear that. Uh, I previously mentioned the high-profile project I've been working on since February of this year. I was working for a risk suspect male manager for the last month who was replaced this week by a non-white, non-black male following interviews. I also mentioned we worked well together and he was publicly praising me for my contribution and quality of my work. The project is huge and spans several teams and has moved to a new director to oversee. I am part of the central team overseeing the project. The role I am doing will be advertised next week and I intend to apply. This is the usual process unless there's a strong business case to move people into roles without interviewing. The racist suspect male was hoping to get the role but was told senior managers were looking for specific experience for that role and offered a different position on another project. He is very unhappy about it. Now see, even that sort of thing. We have heard so many of these instances where someone classified as white, they're not qualified for the job. Now I said before, we were talking about the uh, fire fire department in Kansas City. I didn't say nepotism, my cousin works on the police department, my uncle is the mayor, my grandfather is the district attorney. I didn't say any of that. I said competent, experienced, qualified, you get the job. You have so many instances, individuals classified as white, they expect white supremacy. They expect that old cronyism, nepotism. We've had tons of people who have said, man, this white dude I work with or this white woman I work, she talks about incompetent carry all the time. But they'll talk about white people that are not qualified. They already have a job they're not qualified for. They will go and, oh, we got an opening for management or some senior position that you know they are extra unqualified for they will be the first one to go put my name in for that I think I can do that job 
And then they come around for the qualifications like, okay, uh, we need someone who has a master's in business administration. Do you have a master's in business administration? You're like, business administration. Business administration. Uh, hmm. I don't. I mean, really? I don't think so. <laughs> like, oh, well, no, you, no, sorry, you, you're disqualified for this role, but thank you for applying. And they will get an attitude. Gave that position to Billy, business administrator. I know how to do business administration. Like, come on, come on, come on. You're not even qualified. You you shouldn't even have got to the point of putting your name down again. That just tells you. System of white supremacy qualifications. I'm white. That's the qualification. I already told you. And then they turn around and tell them about meritocracy and bootstraps and all that goofiness. Okay. Uh, so he's mad. This is going to be another vindictive white dude, but we'll continue. Before the project moved directors, he had reached out to a racist suspect female asking her to join the team. He was expecting to be appointed in the role, so was building a full project team. The arrogance. She used to work in the department, then left to work on another project, which has come to an end. The organization operates almost like a consultancy in that people often network to find other opportunities, in addition to the advertised positions. Clearly, this provides lots of opportunity for racism and unjustness. Usually, the interim roles will be advertised at some point. She joined this week and is unhappy because the situation has changed. No one has actually told me what she was recruited to do. The official plan is for her to remain in with the director who first oversaw the project. She will still be involved in aspects of the program. However, the racist suspect male has remembered he is on the white team and is pushing her forward for the role I am doing. What has made it worse is that she has been shadowing me for the past week. What an interesting term, shadowing. Yes, they will do this frequently. Sometimes they'll just flat out say, hey, nigger, train this here white person. She's going to be your new manager, that type of thing. It's like, we just hired her yesterday. I've been working here 20 years. Did you hear what I said, nigger? Train this white woman. She's going to be your new boss. You want to work here for 21 years, you shut up and get the training. That's the type of thing that they'll do to us all the time. Or what she's talking about, they'll just go be nosy. Watch what she, just look over her shoulder. See if you can, you know, pick it up. That type of thing. She continues, uh, her manager is on leave until the 16th September, so she has been working with the central team for the week. We met for the first time on Monday for a project team meeting. The organization is so big, project teams can be based in different cities and work conducted online for the most part. She asked me if I was based in the same city we are. She then asked if I was in the office on Wednesday as it would be good to meet face to face for our introductory chat already trying to position herself by commanding me into the office so she can size up her prey. We met online. 
one of the first things she told me was she just wants to reassure me that she is not here to step on my toes. Hmm. I didn't believe her. She also spent the week interrupting me in meetings, repeating what I say as if she put the idea forward or acting as though she has the details on the project, which she does not and would not be expected to given the fact that she just joined the team on Monday. That sort of, see there? Come in, interrupted. That's why I said with the bragging and selling yourself, really, because this is so common talk all over top of you project I've been working on for months sometimes years you just got here and now you're an expert on it. oh this nigger doesn't know what they're talking about ah. no you don't know what you're talking about but I can talk all over top of you and interrupt that is so common and deliberate racism and then turn right around oh no Oh no, you're my black sister. I didn't come to step on your toes, metaphor. Oh no, we're going to work together. I love black people. She says, By the end of the week, she has put herself forward for the role I am doing, reaching out to the director and the new non-white, non-black male to say she is interested once it is advertised. The racist suspect male also steered her towards a sub-project which I had said I wanted to lead on before she joined the project. Remember, no one has told me what exactly she was recruited to do. He didn't directly give her permission to lead on it as it's not his call. That was on Monday. We caught up for another project meeting midweek where he gave an update on the appointment of the new manager and stated that the role I am doing will be an open competition, basically encouraging her to apply and letting me know he does not have my back. They never do. Uh, he also stated the director in charge would be reaching out to us individually to give us an update. Given she was not expected to report to him, there was no reason for him to be meeting with her. That let me know the racist suspect had put her name forward for the position. In his final handover meeting with the new non-white, non-black male manager, myself and the racist suspect female, the racist suspect male, said to the new manager, this is your new dream team metaphor that's OJ metaphor too mm. referring to myself and the racist suspect male the new manager will be conducting the interview so basically what the racist suspect male was doing was positioning the racist suspect female as management is already aware that I will apply yesterday afternoon I met with the new director and the non-white non-black male separately as they wanted to talk me through the recruitment process the same was done with the racist suspect female I am being encouraged to apply but it is a competitive process so other people may also the racist suspect female has not been discouraged but both the director and new manager have said the expectation is that she will stay in the old directors team she will apply 
I'm sure this afternoon she and the racist suspect male who no longer works on the project met at 4.30 p.m. I did my own diary stalking. No doubt for him to advise her on her application. A few weeks ago, he had said he'd support me with mine. And at that point, I believe he was being genuine. However, there was no follow-up. But he's supporting the racist suspect female. I would have taken up the offer a few weeks ago, but am glad he didn't do so this week as I do not trust his intentions and he'd probably share my application with the racist suspect female. I suspect that is all true, unfortunately, which is what I mean, it's so difficult. All of this, uh, the whole system of white supremacy and how things uh, operate, all of the shenanigans and it's not about, you know, qualified admit, the best candidate win and everybody gets the same help and uh, nah, nah, nah. and he he may have that's the thing he really may have I think that's what she said she thought that this was a sincere offer like hey nigga woman I'll hook you up she didn't say that she didn't think he was racist just racist seemed like he was willing to help me out look at my application and give me a few pointers a few weeks ago but mm-mm, things have changed and I have seen that where it's a white person, a racist, they can be helpful. When you own the world, it's easy to have resources. They can do all kinds of things. Hook you up with all kinds of things. You're hungry? You need 15 ham sandwiches? Boom. Here you go. No big deal. They got, remember Michael Orr? They laughing at him stealing candied hams? They don't be stealing candied hams. Hey, you got a ham sandwich for the nigger. Hey, that, that. That's easy to do. Or that can switch they can give you a ham sandwich on Monday and by Friday they're the ones calling the police Negra is stealing candied hams we need police right now last week maybe he would have been willing to offer helpful tidbits this week nah got my white woman I'm with now get out of here nigga. Ah, ah. or I'm going to do exactly what she said I'm going to share your application might even sabotage terrible we just have to keep working through the best we can somehow I managed to keep my composure this week but like the jingle sometimes you play on the cows I was smiling but not happy very common I went through something similar on a previous plantation which I'll write about next week man as always any of those traumatic weeks make sure we take time to replenish whatever that means for you specifically like I say if you you know if swimming is your thing go get that swim in uh, if you know doing a hike getting some time outdoors if you have specific uh, attempted family spending time with them maybe you all eat cook together eat certain foods together whatever do that to help replenish that is so necessary uh, so we are not just uh, kind of stewing in all of that toxicity and mistreatment uh, because especially when it's been just all of that you invest all that time and energy and you know been doing great work think you're going to be compensated and get to lead a project and learn some more be valued for your work and just have some white woman sweep out of nowhere ah yeah that is Australian. That is the system of white supremacy 
at large. That's why I say that all the time. That is total setup for disaster. And really, it can be total setup for mental health breakdown. We have been told and expect you work hard, meritocracy. You pull yourself by, by your bootstraps. You're competent. You do great work. You will be rewarded frequently. That is not the case. We will work you like a dog and give the credit to somebody else. Metaphor, man's best friend. Overload you as the caller who wrote in, as he said, and not increase your compensation and or credit someone else and promote them for your hard labor. That is kind of the standard. And people getting an attitude. We heard that from Bay Area mom. It's not, wow, you put in years of sweat equity with these students you earn their trust they look forward to talking to you this is not some magic negro bond you're a hard worker wow glad we got someone like you on the nigga woman don't you around here talking to these children I don't know who you think you are come around here with your negro magic you don't come around here talking to everybody. Get on. Get on. Shh. Sit you in the back of the class too. That is what we got, folks. That is what we got. We got racks of that. Just keep going on and on and on and on. That's why I say it really discourages hard work if you are a non-white person. That has to kind of be an intrinsic value because frequently you can work really, really hard as a victim of white supremacy. We do not care at all, Negra. Area of labor, all really, but woo, labor for sure. Number again, 605-313-5164. The code, 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Email untiljustice at gmail.com. Not for spectators. Uh, other folks, if you have commentary to share, let us know. Do not wait until the last minute if you have a thought and or suggestion. See if I can get through a couple more of the emails while I have a moment. Let's see. Email number four. Email number four. Non-Clemson Dad writes in. Uh, hey, Gus, I got a couple stories today. Number one, one of the issues I've had at the workplace is people misspelling my name, replacing a letter in my name with another letter that's not even in my name, and the two letters are nowhere near each other on the keyboard, but this happens often. It's the same mistake in quotes every time from people who are unrelated to each other this is made more insulting when the correct spelling of my name is in my email's signature it takes a mental toll on me to craft an email to respond to them to be mindful of the spelling of my name to lessen the stress on me to respond I crafted an automatic email response that recognizes the 
incorrect spelling of my name and automatically automatically responds calling out their mistake telling them to be more mindful in the spelling of my name this way I'm unable to punk out in correcting them and I don't have to take time to respond Wow, that is 21st century counter-racism for you let the bot take over with the now that's even telling to you that the response is so consistently wrong in the same way that the bot can pick this up like oh yeah they 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 did it again yeah but yeah yeah let's 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 get the correct spelling now i have seen some wild they got all those uh german folk eisenhower is not exactly the easiest name right i have seen quite a few names that are a tad on the you know challenging side but they can get them down no problem copy and paste even he sits right there copy and paste man copy and paste now I guess I could hear also 21st century they could say hey old sensitive whiny hurt feelings non-Clemson dad uh we typed it correctly or made our best faith attempt to do so and the old wacky technology nags us every time or snares us every time uh, and it changes it maybe they maybe they say that one because they'll say see because everybody is is making the same error these unrelated folks maybe that's what it is maybe the computer is doing some sort of autocorrect they're making a guess at your not white name like I don't know what this old Negro name is, uh, and it's just throwing some letters up there, but it's doing the same autocorrect. Maybe that's what it is. They'll say maybe maybe we're not racist. This is just old spell check, you know. Hmm. I do like the use of the word mindful. The whole using the computer, it said that way. It's it's automatically done, and then it's not a what in the hell you who do you think you're talking to? And I was you didn't just, thank you. We could be mindful correct spelling much obliged non-clemson dad have a blessed day love it love it uh number two it's been nine months since the current administrative assistant white female has replaced the last former administrative assistant who likened me to the office contagion the current administration administrative assistant is nice cordial always has a smile on her face but i've noticed times when her smile disappears from her face for example last week the current administrative assistant was telling me that a bigger monitor was available if i wanted it as i was getting the bigger monitor the former administrative assistant intervened to say Hold up. Someone in her new department may need the monitor. Personally, I was unbothered by this, but I noticed the change in demeanor from our current administrative assistant with her usual smile disappearing and a slight shake in her head as if to say, What the? Fast forward to yesterday. 
the current administrator was going over with me some issues with paperwork she was having with the State Department of Transportation. This particular issue was a mess up by the DOT and is irrelevant to the story other than the context of a clear dislike of the former administrative assistant by the current administrative assistant. Me and the current administrative assistant were talking about finding the paperwork needed to be potentially resolved the paperwork issue with D, uh, DOT and that it potentially involved asking the former administrative assistant to check past emails for the records we needed. The current assistant said I hate to ask the former assistant for anything. In that moment I felt vindicated in my assessment of the former assistant being problematic. I told the current assistant if she feels she's unable to get what she needs from the former assistant feel free to ask our manager to make the request of the former assistant as I've had to do the same in the past the current assistant thanked me for the advice mm, mm, mm. privileged black male this is uh, the same setup oh privileged black male contagious non-Clemson dad uh, when he's not frightening uh, the timid white ladies of South Carolina in the workplace uh, he was trying to get his computer updated and I think for three years they did the old Negro bamboozle job on him like oh yeah we updated <laughs> and his computer was crashing he was losing work and all this other over there like well what do you mean we updated what do you mean <laughs> and then he said they got a, a Negro IT person and he, and he said dang they haven't updated your computer in about six years. That might be why that keeps closing. I'm like, dang, they said they did. They lied. They did the old Negro bamboozle. Anyway, um, the old monitor, we're going to get you new. This is another one why I say it's not my computer. It's not my office, not my desk. Those possessive adjectives. All this is their stuff. This is their equipment so they can do, you know, whatever. That's why I said, whatever. <laughs> No metaphor, no skin off my back. I get the monitor, great. I don't get the monitor, great. I it didn't say I was jumping up and down. We, you wait till I get home. Tell Mama C, whoa, Daddy got a new monitor. Nat, 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 nat. Daddy did not get a new monitor. No, <laughs> no. The the white people allow Daddy to use this monitor for a period of time in which they may revoke at any time so I'm not going to get too comfortable with it amazed by it all of that if I really like it maybe they give me enough nickels I'll get one on my own then we can all play on it at the house and then we can man this monitor is amazing I'm glad the white people let me play with theirs for a little while but even that you see kind of like what wait a minute you this nigger does you we don't no no we don't let the privileged black male you don't get the big money what, what's going on here that sort of thing you should not be surprised at or anything that's constructive new stapler new chair new desk anything that is the same thing you gonna do the four day work week what you gonna do the no lunch what 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 you gonna get the big money what what oh no oh no 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 it's, it's got to be I'm, I'm gonna talk to somebody no when we had 
the young lady she told us she got the the new job they said oh you you gonna be the new secretary woman oh i love it he said no i'm not the i'm, I'm the new office woman he said, what what you gonna be the new administrator <laughs> I got, to, I got to go. I got to go talk to somebody. No, no, no. You're supposed to be cleaning the toilet. White people are not confused about racism, white supremacy. They know the Negroes, what we're supposed to be doing, what they are supposed to be doing. They're very cognizant of all of that. She's not even in charge. Same thing. You have white. Women. This isn't even your job anymore. Why do you care? It's not your, same thing with the possessive adjective. It's not your monitor. You didn't pay for it. It's not like they snatched it out of her. Oh, like, whoa, 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 you don't give my computer to that nigger. That's not even what's happening here. She's still married. Whoa, 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 whoa. What does it mean to be white? That's another one that's classic. I'm so glad he took notes on that. Just sit back and watch. Like, wow. Mm. And even things are so bad, we're supposed to be working together. You're an assistant. It's in your job title. Doesn't that mean help? I might be, I'm worthless Negro. So I'm, I, I thought it sounded like that's in the ballpark of help, right? Metaphor. It's got to be close. That's your job. You're supposed to be helping us out. We're on the same team. It's so bad. I had to develop a code. Oh, he's not trying to help at all the go around is I have to go to this other white person and you might have to we might have to do that as well we're in a workplace you know this white person race soldier is going to sabotage me it doesn't matter what it is constructed by the book doesn't matter the go around I find the more powerful white person who can get this done immediately very important to remember that that's also minimizing conflict and really we don't have to waste time I don't have to sit here and squabble with you about this for a week or five minutes or any of that find the more powerful white person and get this solved bravo bravo mad because he got that monitor heard that before all kinds of IT technology in the uh, 21st century number again 605 313 Six four the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate. See if other folks have commentary to share. Folks are lollygagging or enjoying their last few days of summertime weather. I guess if it's not heat exhaustion and hurricane and wildfires and all the rest of it uh, last few moments folks can uh, share please do not wait till the last minute if you have commentary uh, to share suggestions or your own uh, workplace situation to discuss uh, give folks uh, another five or so see if they have any commentary they'd like to share with us uh, while I am giving them their five I'll read get in I think we have one more email number five uh, fifth email non-white male victim of racism writes in uh, observations the white staff especially white females waste time and energy on memes 
and passive aggressive emails. Caller in Florida talks about this uh, frequently, how they're on social media and doing all their political stuff. This is probably going to accelerate greatly since you had the arrest of former president. And then with election season, they've had the Republican debates and all that. It will probably be super uh, heavy exchanges of all of this, probably some unjust networking and racism in there, too. Between for about the next year, uh, till about the end of next 2024. So, yeah, maybe take screenshots and records of all of that as well, because uh, as nasty as things got last time around, riots and you still got the fallout from all of that could be a repeat. So maybe start taking records in advance. Never know who could be uh, running amok in the Capitol if they don't like the results of next November's vote. Uh, let see, continues, uh, we are expected to work from home as if we are fully staffed and with no increase in pay. We are also given additional assignments and are expected to do the work when we need at least four to six more people. The company reports profitability but will deny raises based on performance. They want cheap labor, slaves. That is how they maintain profit. The white staff take their frustration out on other people instead of problem solving. My mission is to find out how I can reduce conflict while on the clock so I can redirect time and energy to my alternative income sources and increase my profitability. Saving resources and reducing costs. I conserve space. I work from only the laptop for at least an hour per day. If I don't need the extra monitor, I unplug it by turning off the power strip and monitoring the laptop battery. Turn off the power strip during lunch. Turn off the internet modem if I am not using it. I have left it off over the weekend and used my phone data for personal needs. 4. Start packing the equipment away prior to clocking out and use only the laptop. Two white females have been sending passive-aggressive emails. The following are just a few from this week. One wants to know why XYZ wasn't done and sends several paragraphs. I can scan the email to find out what the real problem is. I flag it work on other tasks and work on the actual problem. I don't respond until I can say resolved by ABC or simply let her know I'm working on it in a single courteous sentence. The other white female tells tells me how I need to do my job better so EFG doesn't happen and when is it going to be done after I told her a specific team was actively working on it. I didn't respond to her last email for three days. She then sent a courteous email asking in one sentence about EFG. My response, the team is actively working on it and as soon as they get it resolved, I will do my part to complete the task. Thank you. A white male expressed frustration in an email caused by his own willful incompetence. I sent this last month with an exclamation mark. When are you going to complete this with many question marks? Oh, uh, he said he sent documentation to me, but it wasn't in my assigned account. 
that is because he wasn't supposed to send it to me and the person who he was supposed to send the documents to has been reaching out to him for at least two months because they did not get the documents either. I am preparing to attach the company's written standard operating procedure so that he can see his error and contact the correct team for information going forward. I will only respond with please see attached. Racists, white supremacists, suspects seek conflict as entertainment. Remote work is a barrier, which is why they don't want non-white people to work from home. Many non-white people have come to the same conclusion uh, about them not liking having non-white people present, really for a lot of the same things that we've been talking about. The young lady who uh, has the four-day work week and then pestering uh, Bay Area mom because she doesn't take lunch, uh, the lunch break, that sort of thing. They do not like non-white people having any sort of autonomy or control about their lives. White people in the system of racism, white supremacy, they're supposed to be in charge of everything. And exactly as he said, love to generate conflict with non-white people, just totally unnecessary needless conflict they love that that is so much get us riled up and make some false accusations see if they can get us fired and all that old old nonsense like as short as possible courteous always Uh, I think Mr. Fuller said don't let anyone be more courteous than you I think that for sure should be the way we respond in the workplace They can do all the yelling and jumping up and down and cursing and you lame, no count, I sent this, why don't you do it? Courteous, brief, right to the point. This is what it is. Hope this solves the issue. Thank you kindly. That way they go, uppity nigger and he cursed me out. Nope, 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 never do that. Nope, just thank you kindly. (laughs) Right here, see attached, thank you kindly. I'd say have a blessed day, but some people get, you know, the whole religious things. We keep it secular. Thank you kindly. Minimize conflict at all time. Really, that is such a huge one for the workplace, too, because you're not really trying to have big arguments and shouting and yelling and all that in a workplace situation. That generally does not benefit uh, non-white people just figuring out what problem are we trying to get solved uh, right now. Let's get that done. And generally with as few words as possible courteous words at that courteous words much obliged uh, let's see email again until justice at gmail.com until justice at gmail.com let us know if you have any observations thoughts uh, your workplace situation uh, or any of the things that we have been chatting about for the evening uh let's see other folks who dialed in with a hand up uh our caller down at the courthouse should be with us as well yes sir may i be heard yes sir yes sir thank you very much sir greetings to gus the host the listeners and callers. 
I had a few updates I'd like to share. Um, my first one is we had another person uh, decide to leave the records area. This was a white woman, apparently, that had just started like three weeks ago. So this year, 2023, has been uh, a... <laughs> uh, I guess a record breaking the use that expression as they say. Uh year with resignations and people leaving and quitting. Um, so I wanted to start out with that because I was going into the break room and some anti blackness by another uh victim was practiced against me by saying, Oh well, it looks like such and such my name ran off the new girl, okay? So I didn't say nothing, and I think it might have been influenced by the white woman that was also seated in the break room. Said, oh, this this new person already left already? Said, yeah, I don't know what happened. And they both looked at me and said, well, dang, blank. Saying, and I'm just looking at my phone and they said, Oh, well, I don't know. And they just, they, they stopped talking to me. And it was just amazing how just when you just don't give a response that, that really has an impact. Um, and this same victim, an older white woman, <laughs> I, I noticed when I was uh, picking up some envelopes, she says, has anyone seen Grover, right? So I'm like, dang, that's some kind of a puppet or uh, Sesame Street or something like that, Grover or whatever. So I know she had to be talking about him. That's the only male uh, employee at the counter, black male. So she was referring to him as Grover. Okay, so I wrote that one down. Um my my next one uh, is there was a a white man, and I had already helped him before. He was talking about uh, like a archaeological dig or something like that being done on his property. So he was bringing in these printouts from Ancient Records, the website, uh, by a guy named. And came down from North Carolina, and he had an uncle named Uncle Ben, and he was showing me the uh, lots of his property. Uh, used to have people who were slaves or whatever. Or the, the guy named Jack was 90 years old, and he passed away about like 20 years ago. He had a Uncle Ben that told him about his time in slavery or something like that. And he was trying to look up a, uh, like an ancestor of these two individuals. So he had, a, I thought about that, that, uh, that saying Mr. Fuller has about studying a grain of sand because he had like this folder and he had pictures on his phone, 1860, 1861. 
and wanted to look up this person. Uh, and there was a lot of issues with the ancient record site. And apparently the white woman that they had assigned this new coordinator position to apparently wasn't filling the uh, tasks that the prior person who had that position was doing. So once again, the, like, uh, like that name that's mentioned in Confident Carry, that's another example of that because after all of this time, it, it seems like she hadn't been doing well with that position. Because like I mentioned before, she had issues with doing the Photoshop. And this guy was saying that he used to do transcriptions with the guy that used to do the HR Records thing. So uh, I helped generate a request for this person. He was showing me how somebody had generated one of the restrictions or um, someone from years and years ago from the 30s and 40s generated the uh, restriction that said for Caucasians only and you, and you could tell like, oh, this is just so just horrible, just so so horrible. I said, no, I noticed these are from the, the, the 30s and the 40s, right? It's like, oh, yeah, 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 you know, these are from that time period and every like the white people in the in the room, like they looking all at the white person, like, what is he talking about? What are they what are they talking about? And this has been a uh interesting thing too, how some white people will come in uh, and say like another white man came in, he's from uh in Hawthorne and he was talking about how his black people that's uh, uh, segregated, I guess, in a certain neighborhood. And he was talking about how it's lime rock, like lime rock issues there and on the property, and it can cause scoliosis and cancer and things like that. And, you know, you had these kind of white people coming in there requesting subdivision plats and surveys and stuff. And the white people that I work with, they look uncomfortable at times. Like, <laughs> you know, but I'm talking to white people or black people. Um, but, you know, listen to the white people that come in, too, because I have conversations with black people and everything. But it's just like the white people are coming in with these documents Um and they're researching things that I'm still learning about, and I ask them questions too. But yeah, that that was another interaction I had. Um, and uh, another white person who has an MH case, he he said, "Oh, you know what? You should, you should be commended on your demeanor. Um, you know, I'm usually just so flustered, and I'm frustrated about these situations. And you know, you helped me to calm down." You know, you should really be commended on your demeanor and everything. You do such a great job. So I took that and I jotted that down, too. Uh, and my uh, my last one is, once again, the victim of racism walking up to these two white women and wishing the death of her child's father, okay, because we just had a white woman in there trying to manipulate 
by crying fake tears, that weeping white woman, and everyone was revolving like around her, like the uh, the bailiffs. They were surrounding. I was leaving. At, I clocked out at five o'clock, and I could see they were looking at the dude, white dude. They had them driven. I don't know. I think it was from like Ohio somewhere, Illinois, like somewhere like up in the Midwest, to go to court to try to fight for custody of this uh, white child that the both of them have. But the white woman was being very manipulative. And <laughs> I could see these officers, about six of them, saying, sir, you're making this harder than what it is. But they didn't treat him like Carl Hayes, okay? When they, they jumped on him, they threw him to the ground, you know, and I just didn't see that treatment go to him. They just asked him to leave because the courthouse was closed. Uh, and so I just remember a victim after that was trying to relate to this person and then saying, that, oh, well, you know, he's almost 70 and everything like that. And then the white women laughing at her. And she's like, yeah, I'm serious, you know. Everybody else keep dying and everything else, but he's just still alive and everything. And white woman says, well, you know, that's why he's still alive because you keep praying that he that he died and everything. So uh, I just, like, I'm just thinking in my head, like, really, why are you doing this, you know? And the white woman says, oh, you know, I'll, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you and everything. So it's uh, tacky and trashy. And other than that, that's all I have to share. Thanks for allowing me to speak. Much obliged, uh, man. Black male privilege. Uh, that's we've heard that one before. Wishing death on a black male in the workplace. Um, I cannot emphasize enough. I would, even if you worked with everybody, and they're all classified as black, and everybody there has four grandparents that were all born in the U.S. Even then. I would not be just talking about, you know, whatever frustrations you might have with attempted family members, attempted spouse, your offspring, parents, siblings, whatever, friends, neighbors. Uh, I would not. That's not the sort of thing. I just have never heard, you know, somebody got a raise because, you know, you spilled all the, the gossip told us about you know all the secrets and what have you about your relatives and friends I've just never heard that um, and particularly with other white people I mean black self respect annihilated wishing death on another black person in the workplace like come on it at, at minimum that's another one put that on unprofessional that might be something that Someone might walk by and hear that. Like, wow, I don't think we should be talking like that in the workplace, wishing death on people. Like, oh, no promotion for you. Uh, black male privilege, amongst other things. Uh, the go back to the beginning. The employee said it's been a record year in some respects in terms of the number of employees that they've lost uh, who quit and some of them after only working there for a very short period of time toxic 
work environment that you got all that with unjust networking and click members and they're messaging about folks and all the rest of it cronyism to boot yeah i could see how that might you know this is uh not the best environment i think i'm gonna see if i can find something better i could see that but why does that have to be blamed on the negro i guess it's my and that's another one like for the entertainment of wife like you did it you did got this old question asking negro uh, you ran her off out here being toxic and poison. I quit. And he said, hey, that's another one. I didn't jump up and down. Curse anybody out. You don't talk to me like that. Who do you think you're talking to? What do you mean? Rinse? Drink my water. Keep working. Dissipate the conversation. That's, you know, many folks have come to that conclusion not going to be having these conflicts and emotional outbursts and going to keep my composure. I'm going to expect for these type of, you know, just tacky insults. That's very common on the plantation. So I'm going to expect that. And for many of these, nothing really need be said. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Office contagion. Mm-hmm. You ran them off. Mm-hmm. Put that in the journal. Ran them off. Mm-hmm. It, that's what Mr. Fuller, that's exactly what he talks about, though. Uh, the elevator insults that's us that's how we've been trained oh yeah mm, there you go mm-hmm. yeah you didn't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i didn't come in thinking that we were homies this was not my black brother it's not my black sister i didn't come in thinking that i'm not gonna call you a coon either but yeah eh, we are on the plantation so yeah that's about the size of it i didn't i didn't think you all were gonna treat me like tim tebow said the fellow came in he's doing the archaeological project or what have you he's going through the historical records which is fascinating I said I would love that like man chatted up with him every time like you want a cup of coffee need some water anything else man it's fascinating work oh my gosh what did you find out this time like looking for you come over to my line we'll be waiting for you so good to see you my goodness wow let's get the update part of the update the shiftless white woman she hadn't been doing it you said that's incompetent Carrie's cousin what the same white woman she doesn't she didn't know how to do the photo how that's what i said before how do you get this job if you don't know how to do photoshop that seems like one of those we got a position to teach spanish can you speak spanish no okay you can't do this job that would seem like it'd be the type of thing right off the rip can you do photoshop no okay you can't do the Historic thing. We, we got. Don't worry about it. We got lots of affirmative action for the white woman. Don't worry about it. We got you. Or get her training. They could have done it that way. Like we really want this white woman. For the, you say this is the judge's niece. Okay. Get, well. Okay. Community college. They got training program. We'll sign you up. You take it this summer. Bam. We had you ready to roll by the fall. They could have done it that way. We got folks coming in here for projects. I mean, man, I'm fresh. I can't, they're not even uploading the records. I submit most non-white people, you display that sort of shiftlessness at Hardee's. You're a little lethargic getting those chicken nuggets in the fryer. You are going to be let go. You see this sort of thing all the time. Shiftless white people don't even do that they can't even die. I'm not black brother I'm not even trained man I can't even spell photoshop 
Any hoodles. Uh, so we got the slave project on that. And then he said, even the white people, they sit around and get uncomfortable. Like, what? <laughs> this nigga is up here. What? What do you mean? Yes, black brother, they had the lime rock and we stuffed the niggers over there. You know, you get scoliosis from lime rock. Yes, indeed. We stuffed all the niggers. They sit around and, <laughs> lime rock. <laughs> why is, why is that uncomfortable? We stated, did you know that? Wow. I didn't even, he said, I'm still learning too. I didn't even know lime rock. Wow. Scoliosis, really? Didn't even know that. Hmm. Have to check that out. Did you all know that? Lime rock. No, you didn't know. Oh, okay. We're all learning something. See there, and now see, one white people are not ignorant about racism. He said he's doing whole projects about now. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I've been inattentive. I haven't heard him saying it was tons of Negroes, his relatives and family. He went and told them about this. They all got different projects. We gonna pick different parts of North Florida and research and oh man they stuck the niggers here and oh man they ran the niggers out here I haven't heard that maybe he'll share if that has been the case but I haven't heard that that's been my experience with these projects the people that are coming to re- I do remember one specifically might have been more than that and he might have seen more he hadn't told us about I do remember at least one black people non-white people coming in do some research looking through this but man it's been my experience the people doing these projects. He said, the fella I used to work with or the fella we used to do these transcriptions used to have this job. I suspect that wasn't a black person. I suspect that wasn't caller in Florida. His mom works at the courthouse too. I suspect that wasn't her job. I could be totally talking out of my neck. I haven't been to Florida in a while. Any hoodles. White people are not ignorant about racism, white supremacy. Really? That's what I've seen where they start to get uncomfortable. Like, what? Uh oh. The nigra is talking about racism. Oh, man. Oh, man. We are the ones that are supposed to be. We just talking about football season. Man, man those Jaguars, man. Woo wee. I can't wait. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Excited. Anybody comes in, they got on a Jacksonville jersey. Woo! Somebody comes in talking about something serious. State history. What? The nigger is in a... Oh, God. <sighs> Let's see. We got a... Oh, God. <laughs> and the black breath. The black brother. I can't say enough. Uh, composure. You cannot expect when you go in a workplace environment that the black people there are going to be your homies friends, partners, brothers, none of that. You really can't even expect uh, workplace courtesy. You just display courteous behavior while you are on the job, and that's about it. But other non-white people, hey, whatever. They might be wishing death on you uh, by the time we get to the end of the year. And for the entertainment of white people, to have them sitting around giggling and, <laughs> I pray for you, black sister. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Email number six before we wrap up. Say I did not miss any. Uh, evening Friday. Good Friday evening, Gus. I have a couple of workplace stories to share. Uh, Heil Hitler. Today we had our monthly staff meeting. During the meeting, our CEO, a mid 40 year old non white woman, she looks black but does not identify as black. Intelligent. 
she's from St. Croix, asked us to participate in the usual minty mentor activity of selecting one word that describes how we feel about the current morale in the office this year in contrast to last year. We used our phone to enter the words anonymously of course as the words were submitted they appeared on the projector screen most people submitted words like better supportive and other positive terms then boom the word Hitler appeared on the screen we were all in shock as this is the first time anyone ever submitted a word like that I could see the disappointment and shock on the CEO's face but she just replied well that's okay I asked you all to submit words that describe how you feel and if that's how you feel that's okay the demographics in the office are probably 60 percent black 40 percent white it used to be the opposite a couple years ago I believe it was one of the older white women who has been there for many years she constantly complains about her workload and doesn't seem to want to take direction from any of the black people in leadership lazy crazy white guy I wrote a few months ago about the lazy white guy who couldn't pass our required certification tests and was given multiple chances and a lot of hand holding he finally passed and seemed to be doing well with his job duties for a while or so I thought a few days ago one of the team members informed me that he has not been doing any of his required tasks have I heard this before we were recently required to complete two online training courses with a certain within a certain time frame when asked if he did them he laughed and said no I still don't think he has completed them he often goes out to head starts to complete hearing screenings on the enrolled children most of these children are black to complete the screenings he has to insert something similar to an earbud into the children's ears to get a reading on their hearing ability it's a very tedious process and sometimes you have children who do not like having things placed in their ears if the children are moving too much or making too much noise the machine cannot pick up a proper reading I just learned that when he gets frustrated with the children and can't get a proper reading he just writes a referral for the child which makes the parents think their child has a problem with their hearing he told one of he told one of the other team members he does this and just laughed about it the team member told our manager and guess what she said to him nothing she said it was wrong and didn't like it but didn't have those children re-screened nor did she reprimand him recently he had his yearly evaluation with our manager he was placed on a PIP performance improvement plan he refused to sign the evaluation form that's a white man for some reason our organization participates in an event called beer fest he volunteered to work the event after a certain amount of time he can participate in the event ie drink beer he is so excited the man is on antidepressants and just admitted to being diagnosed with ADHD this event is this Saturday whenever we work a Saturday event we would flex on the Friday before unless there is a staff meeting as we are not allowed to miss staff meetings another team member 
has a separate Saturday event and wanted to flex this Friday. My manager told her no because we have a staff meeting, but she allowed the white guy to flex this Friday and missed the meeting. He still leaves early and comes in late. The other team members feel as though he is getting special treatment and it's causing issues and drama on our team. One woman in particular is very upset that he can get away with coming in late, leaving early, not working, etc. She's so invested in trying to get this man fired that she solicits some of the team members and people from other teams to watch him and let her know what time he comes in and leaves for the day so she can report it to the manager. I guess that's Hitler, right? Maybe that's what the person who wrote that, maybe that's what they were talking about. And get this, the last time she and the others, not me, I do not get involved in any of this, reported him to the manager. The manager asked, why are you all targeting him? She even got mad at me last month because he sat by me in the staff meeting. She told one of the team members that she can't believe I sat with him. He came and sat next to me. She then confronted me about it. It's really childish and irritating. We were recently approved to work hybrid days, two days at home and three days at work. We could choose Monday and Tuesday or Wednesday and Thursday to work at home. I wanted to see which days the white guy chose so I could choose the opposite as I want to limit my time in the office with him. Intelligent. It just so worked out that the team member who's hell-bent on getting him fired chose the same days as the white guy. So I now only see them on Fridays, which is a half-day score. DeSantis Country. DeSantis' campaign team has moved into the building I work in. A lot of interesting things have been happening since they moved in. I will update later since I was pretty long-winded in the previous report. Listener in Florida, obviously. As I said, with the presidential election coming, all that's going to spill over into the workplace. I mean, for reals, no discussing politics on the job. Observe as people have done. Take notes. But I don't have an opinion about nothing. I don't know nothing about Trump's arrest. I don't know about DeSantis. I don't know about none of the candidates. Biden, nothing. Can't even spell Biden. Watch. Listen. I have nothing to say. They ask, You can even just say that. They ask. I don't discuss politics in the workplace. Get that ready for election season. Much obliged to the folks uh, who emailed, wrote in, hopefully worthy of your time and energy. Uh, we'll be here tomorrow for the compensatory call-in, same time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Sobriety would be best as we wrap up summer of 2023. Brain computers working well so we can make great decisions. Creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people victims of white supremacy we ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately 
no name calling certainly no wishing death on any non-white people victims of racism no gossiping no throwaway offspring cow signing out thanks all for tuning in nigga you so brainwashed i'm a victim brother you're a victim I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.